conversations in the past have always been good when we go long periods of time without talking yeah so trying not to blow my load so to speak uh while you're standing here and i'm just trying to like focus on other things to try to save everything that i want to say for the show because usually our greatest uh conversations come out when there's not a microphone in front of our face because you know yeah. we spit all the fucking the good shit outside then it's like oh fuck the magic of that moment's gone so <laughs> fucking you know leave, leave it the scraps for the show just like band practice right you know we kept the recorder going we all played in band practice because there was some gold shit come out of the middle of those we were just sitting around smoking and talking they just come out of nowhere mm-hmm yeah smoking talking and drinking yeah yeah i kind of miss those days sometimes i guess period of my life that I yeah I'm happy it happened yeah I'm glad I'm not doing that shit anymore yeah it's a lot of work yeah it's not that the work bothers me the work doesn't bother me it's, it's a matter of how productive is the work comparatively to other things I could be doing with my time yeah and um so you know and when you're playing music for fun you know it's not very productive a lot of times until you get into a zone and that's like once every two or three months when you're in a zone right and then thinking of the the benefit for me in the long haul uh, yeah that yeah it's i miss playing a guitar sometimes but then there's other times where i'm like man i'm doing bigger better things like i don't yeah i don't fucking need that anymore i actually i thought about just selling all my guitars and just keeping like you know the few that are the, the most valuable ones mm-hmm. and uh, just fucking get rid of the rest and just not even you know you can't do that man i want to I'm tired of it. It's taking up too much space, man. I got, what do I got? Fucking like six or seven guitars just sitting in here. They're fucking in the corner. I'll They're, take that one. No, that, that one is actually a gift from a, a friend, which oh. is dope. He, uh, I fixed this hot tub for him and rewired some shit on his house for him. He was having some problems and he said, the least I can do is give you this fucking guitar. So it's a telecaster. I it's love nice. telecasters. Yeah, I, lo- I do too. I've always wanted one. There's a Jackson Kelly in that case behind you. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's just sitting there. I don't fucking play it. I don't want it. I'm just going to sell it. I'm not selling this one because I've always wanted a Telecaster. And now I, I have one. I'm not getting rid of it. That's what you need to be playing the blues on right there, man. Yeah, man. I got. I don't even play. Man, it's a weird thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I, uh, every time I think about playing, I go do push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've shifted my focus to is all working, all working out. No, No other stuff, you know? I'm sitting here in our makeshift studio. We're sitting here, you know, just starting this out because we haven't done it in damn near a year. It's feels been like. over a year. No, we started this when COVID started. Um. Okay. So what are we now? Uh, March? Yeah. So it was like June when we quit doing it of last year. Okay. So yeah, I guess it's been like eight months. But I'm sitting here looking and there's a $10 bill pinned to the top of a dongle flyer because that was the first $10 he made at a show. That's a red-eyed fly. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of funny. He's got that $10 bill still hanging there. I said I'd never spend it. I didn't yeah. lie. I was still sitting there. He ain't never been that broke yet. Not yet. Not since. That's <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you quit playing music. You don't get broke. Well, no. I mean, I'm sure if I still played music, like I would um, probably still be in the same position I'm in. I just, you get older and $10 is, you know, <laughs> if $10 is a problem when you're 39 years old, you got a fucking problem. You need to rethink your priorities. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. $10 is not is the least of my worries so yeah like i said we've been off for a while not doing this we 
life things came up. We're like, we're going to take a little break. You know, it was summertime was starting for Cameron for the, for the business and it was going to be busy. Um, and we just never got back to it. And I've been thinking about it and it's like, okay, do I want to just go over and get the shit and let's go ahead and call it done? I'm like, no, I don't. I like hanging out with Cameron. I like doing this podcast, but, um, he was on the, who's on call podcast two weeks ago. And, uh, but since we quit doing it, there's been a lot of things happen. Um, Cameron actually got married to Missy again. <laughs> um, yes. They asked me to perform the ceremony. So I got ordained and I performed the ceremony. It was a very surreal moment, very happy moment. Um, our old boss that kind of brought us together, so to speak, was, was at the wedding and I didn't even recognize him until it was all over. Um, cause he had weird facial hair. He didn't have before and wearing sunglasses. I'd never seen that shit before either. Yeah. Um, oh, Maurice, Maurice, man, we, I owe him so much. I owe Cameron a lot too. Um, he doesn't think so, but I don't think I owe you anything. <laughs> no, you don't owe me anything. I said that back. <laughs> I'm still, <laughs> I'm still a little tired. Yeah. So beat up, you know, we were started, you know, we did that. The, he got married again and it was so awesome. We had a great time. Well, it was fucked up. The whole reason I had to get remarried again i couldn't really talk about it yeah you can talk about it now i can talk about it now that it's over with and like all the all the time periods have passed that would uh have legal know, ramifications that would have legal ramifications yes <laughs> so um hired uh hired an attorney and uh the point or the the plan was was to finally get uh the full custody of my kids and uh go through going through that uh, they had to call Idaho where they had to get all my divorce records and everything in the, the old uh, custody agreement. Mm-hmm. And through that, they found out that I technically was not divorced from my ex-wife. Because she didn't file the fucking papers. No, it wasn't because she didn't file the papers. So something happened and it got thrown out. And I don't, it was something to do with the custody part of it. Mm. And because it was attached to the divorce itself, there was, when they, when they contested or when we contested the custody part of it uh they threw the whole fucking thing out i guess and that that was at the same time i moved to louisiana (sighs) and so it was like i thought everything was done and over with and i guess so did she she changed her last name back like we we both didn't know that we were still married she was just as fucking shocked to hear it as i was (laughs) i was really yeah i thought my lawyer was fucking with me trying to get because we just spent like a shitload of money on the lawyer and, and doing all the stuff and and then missy Call me and she's like, "Hey, we got some bad news." And I, I thought the lawyer was fucking lying. I thought she was like, "Dude, just this bitch is trying to get us for whatever she can." Mm-hmm. So then I called Idaho, and they were like, "Yeah, dude, uh, unfortunately, you're still married." <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So then I had to go through the divorce process and all that bullshit, and got that the shit done. And then we were going to wait. That took a year. It took a year, and uh, yeah, uh, it was a it was very costly time wise and financially mm-hmm. and then um uh we were gonna get remarried in may yep because it, you know instead of trying to remember two fucking anniversaries we'll just get remarried in may and then after the after the divorce was finalized we had to wait 30 days for her to like contest it or whatever mm-hmm. and she because she didn't show up so we just kind of won by default really yeah and uh and after that 30 days was that Missy's like, fuck waiting. Let's just get married. Let's get married now. Like, let's do it now. Yeah. So we had like, uh, 
what, two months or something. We planned for it. Yeah. Said Halloween. We're going to do it Halloween. So we did a Halloween because. It's you ain't never going to forget that day. Seems appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's fucked up. But that's, I mean, that's just like fucking everything else in my life, man. It's yeah. just a fucking shit show. Always is. It's, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's over with. So, yeah, we had a, it was a lot of fun um, getting to perform in the ceremony. And anybody who knows me knows I'm a little bitch. You know, I, I got I teared up a couple of times, had to stop. I got to say, you know, they gave me some time to say what I thought about them as a couple and um their kids had some funny shit planned for it too it, it was awesome it was fun it was a good time i it was, was i was yeah you, you know you get to reevaluate like well, i've been married to this woman for almost 10 years like now uh this is the ultimate out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to marry her. You know, I could be single again. You know, I get fucking, <laughs> there was all those thoughts were presented. Now, of course, it never crossed my mind where I was like, Oh dude, I could get out of this, you know, uh, fair and square and uh, no big deal. But it was, that's not, dude, she's my best friend, man. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to, trying to, uh, get out of that you know so it was it was kind of funny i like to joke around with that like this would have been or she could have easily walked away and said oh dude really we're not married no more all right deuces you know like don't i could see that happening before you leaving her right yeah <laughs> yeah she's definitely the one who got the short end of the stick and the steel yeah so, yeah if it well, was gonna go it was in her. some ways <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> in some ways he's wearing his big dick pants today so uh, every day <laughs> anyway so yeah that was that's it Cameron, he is right. It's it's always a shit show. If he's getting ready to do something, something's going to be fucked up about it. Every time. Every time. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. I want to talk about the Spartan race that I did, and it, that's no diff. That's the exact same thing happened mm -hmm. <laughs> at this Spartan race. We showed up, and neither one of us knows the fuck we're doing, where to go, don't know shit. Mm -hmm. And we get, and we're standing in line to get registered, and she realizes, fuck, I left my phone in the car. Well, the car is really far away, and she had that damn injection in her knee, so she mm -hmm. can't walk fast. So I was like, oh, shit, well, I can't leave my spot in line because my race is going to start in 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, so she's like, oh, I'm going to go get my phone. I'm going to hurry. Well, she left, and then I didn't realize that she had my wallet because... I can't carry my ID and my running shorts and I need my ID to get registered. So she's hobbling her fucking ass back to the car and she's got my wallet and I'm like, fuck. So I had to stand in line. I was letting people cut in front of me. I was like, I'm a dumbass, man. Like, and, and it was like, uh, <laughs> it was so fucking nerve wracking. And I get, finally get, uh, she comes back and she brings my ID and I finally get registered. Well, now she got to go stand in this line. She stands in this line for like 30 fucking minutes. Didn't get to watch me take off the start of the race. <laughs> Come to find out by the time she got to the front that she didn't have to wait in that line because I'd already prepaid for a fucking spectator pass. So she didn't have to fucking do that. So I get down to the, uh, I get down to the start. I made a friend cause I see this guy. He looks like he's no, he looks like it's clear. This is not his first rodeo. Yeah. So I was like, Hey man, <laughs> can you help me out, bro? Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, they gave me this bag of this shit and they didn't explain nothing. So I don't know what the fuck to do. So there's like a tracker you got to put on and then you got to wear this wristband. So he's helping me put all this stuff on and gets me going. And then we walk up to the front. He's like, we got to get up there, man. It's going to start soon. And I'm like, fuck, my wife's not even... She's still trying to get checked in, thinking that she's, you know, she's stuck in his line. She didn't have to be in. So we get up to the front and the guy starts talking. Well, it's supposed to start at 845. It's only 840. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, I got five minutes. Okay, cool. She'll have a few minutes to walk up. I can get my phone started, put it in my thing. I got a little strap that goes around my arm. 
and uh, we'll get it started. She'll make it here in time. No big deal. And the guy goes, all right, ready, go. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We got five fucking minutes, Jack. <laughs> so I don't have the thing strapped to my arm. I'm wearing my camelback, which they told you you could bring uh, camelbacks, but you do you have to like, I interpret it as you got to bring them empty and they'll have places you can fill them. They don't want you to bring alcohol or something, I yeah. guess. So I walk in with an empty camelback and I'm like, where's the fucking fill station? There's no fill stations. And I don't have my wife to give the camelback back to. So I'm standing there with an empty camelback and my fucking phone and my thing that I can't strap around my arm because I need help doing that. And they say, start. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. So I start running and I'm trying to strap this fucking thing on my arm. I don't want to stop, you know, because yeah. I want to keep I want to keep going, you know, and I finally get it. Try to make a pace. Finally get it strapped around my arm. I, I don't know what's up with Missy. I told her we're starting now. I don't know what to do. I love you, whatever. And I fucking we take off. And then finally, I get the thing strapped on my arm. I'm not even five minutes into the fucking race. And then and the, so now I'm, I'm ready to go because I got my thing on my arm. And there's a bunch of people in front of me. I'm like running in a line of people on this trail. And it's like really rough terrain. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not easy to run on and they won't get out of my fucking way. They're all too slow. So <laughs> I imagine that I'm trying to go around them and I get around this lady and I jump. And when I jumped, I like when I landed, I like I kicked a, a I landed on a rock and I kicked the rock really hard with my foot. And in the moment I thought it was like, Oh my fucking God, it hurt so bad. <laughs> So I keep running. I fall. Actually, I tumble and I like do like a roll. I get back on my feet. I don't lose my place in line. I keep running, but my foot is like throbbing. My toes like throbbing so bad. And I'm like not even five minutes into this eight mile race or seven mile, whatever. It's a six and a six and a half mile race. Yeah. I have like five minutes in. I've already fucking stubbed my goddamn. Toe. <laughs> so check this out. So I thought I was. At the end of the race, I'll tell you about all the other stuff, but at the end of the race, they fucking, I had to take my shoes off because they're fucking, my feet were wet, you know, so I would clean my feet and stuff and put fresh socks on and shit. And all there was was like this little black spot on the side of my, it wasn't little, it, it wasn't little, it looked like somebody tried to drive a nail into my toe, but my whole toe was all swelled up, <laughs> but it was only that one black spot. And then I woke up this morning and I looked at my foot and I was like, oh fuck. Okay. That's why it's, that's why it hurts so bad. Let me show you this fucking thing. Yeah, we need to get video in here like they have on Who's On Call. My whole fucking foot's like bruised on the top oh, of it. Shit. My toe's all fucked up looking. Got a nail, half the nail missing and shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's fucked up. Well, you know, we don't we don't have visuals here yet, but I'll tell you one thing. He's, he's got some pretty smooth feet for a working guy. Ah, thank you. <laughs> he gets pedicures or some shit. I do not. Matter <laughs> of fact, that's the thing I take care of the least is my feet. There's a guy at work. He's a big, you know, he's rough and tumble gruff kind of guy he's an electrician as you would expect an electrician to be he went and had a pedicure he goes oh my god you got to do that if you haven't done it before <laughs> this I, guy you know he's a hard ass it's like oh no you got to do this this is badass there's something magical about that when they do that yeah yeah, yeah it's different i did it in vegas once i take my shoes off they're gonna be like oh put your socks back on yeah, <laughs> yeah but i i am a little self-conscious in my feet but I, at the same time i don't give a fuck because i work like dude i was thinking about i looked at my training on my strava i've already i've already gone like 93 miles this month <laughs> and i still have 10 days to go and you're behind and i'm behind yeah so my feet go through go through fucking hell you know so now yeah. on your strava do you record anything you do at work with that no so yeah that's a lot of miles yeah no i put in uh i put in a lot of steps yeah i'll yeah. do i'll do sometimes i'll do like a twenty five thousand steps or something yeah. at work or whatever but on the trail, I, I, you know, only time I use Strava is when I'm riding my bike, running or rocking, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it was, that fucking race was crazy. Cause like emotionally, 
the hardest part for me was like, I had to trick myself into it. Cause like, though I've trained really hard for the last, for the last year really has been, been training really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what to expect. So I had, was kind of going into it blind and then off the bat, it's a shit show. And then I fuck my foot up like in the first five, I'm not even a quarter mile in dude. And I've already slammed my fucking foot or maybe a half mile in, but I was already slammed my foot into a fucking rock. And like about a mile later, the pain went away and I could wiggle my toe. So I knew it wasn't broke. So I could yeah. just keep going. But I get about halfway through with this fucking thing. I'm, I've done a few obstacles at this point. They're not too bad. Everything's good. And I start laughing hysterically because I'm running on this trail and I was so scared of it at the beginning because I didn't know, like I, I told myself, yeah, dude, you, you're worthy and you can, you can complete this challenge. You're going to do this challenge. You've done harder. I've done 20 miles with a fucking weight. I've done, I, my neighbor, Josh, we, we basically sprinted eight miles carrying a 25 pound weight one time. So I was mm-hmm. like, I've done hard shit. It's not like I'm going into this thing, just coming off the couch and I get about halfway through and all I can think is, God damn, this is so much fucking harder when you're carrying a weight with you. This is so much harder. So it was like invigorating. It gave me some extra boost of confidence and speed. Yeah. And uh, and I'm going and I'm I'm beating all the challenges. And I get to my first challenge that I can't I can't complete. I approached mm-hmm. it all wrong. I, I now know what I did wrong. Like now that I've thought about it and I've slept mm-hmm. on it and I've beat myself up over it and like told you know went through that whole thing where I'm really mean to myself yeah for not completing that challenge yeah uh, and i'm doing a burpees and shit and um i get through that one and it, i remember where i was going with that I, I i hurt my knee at one point your knee's been hurt no it was bad oh really i was running on some really rough terrain and <clears throat> i did something that pinched something and i just i hit the ground and i was laying there trying to stretch it out and then the next challenge was you got to carry a five gallon bucket of rocks up the fucking hill and back down the hill <laughs> and I just, I don't know, man, look, there was so much stuff that I've put myself through for the last year that I feel like prepared me for this race. Like there was no part of it that seemed unfamiliar to yeah. even they had this thing like, um, you had to do an army crawl under barbed wire. Mm-hmm. And I, by the time I get there, there's people already underneath of it and they're struggling. Mm-hmm. I get down there poof, 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 mm-hmm. and I'm laughing at these people. Cause I said, uh, I even yelled out to him. I was like, y'all motherfuckers never ran no goddamn wire in a crawl space. And it shows (laughs) (laughs) as I'm fucking, I get past them all, dude. And I get up and I keep running, you know? And it was like, it was like everything. It was like that movie, um, uh, slum, slum dog millionaire. You ever see that movie where like everything in his life had prepared him for this fucking thing. He already knew all the answers, right? That's how, that's how this ruck was like, or this, uh, this race was even the last challenge. The last challenge was jump over the fire. Second to last challenge was you got a rope and I don't know how much the bag weighs. It's got to weigh like 80 to a hundred pounds. It's fucking heavy. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It was hard to lift. When I grabbed a hold of the rope, I thought it was going to be easier. And I was like, oh shit, this is going to take some fucking muscle. Mm -hmm. So I get down and I'm fucking, it's like a wire pole. It was all it was, was a fucking wire pole. And I was like, I've been training for this for years. Right. (laughs) Fucking. It's um, a Maurice wire pole where you put 14 conduits and a half inch or 14 wires and a half inch conduits. (laughs) Missy said, she goes, she goes, I was really surprised how well you did on that one. She goes, everybody else. Cause she was sitting right there at the finish line and that's where it was. She goes, 70% of the people really struggled with that. And you went right up there and fucking pulled it like it was nothing. I was like, that's that fucking electrician in me, man. Mm -hmm. I've been preparing for this for years. Pulling four or five hundreds in a four-year conduit hell yeah. yeah we know how to do that shit yeah 
And I, and then, so then the funny part was I jump over the fire. And as soon as I jump over the fire, I got like 30 foot to go to the finish line mm-hmm. and I start crying. Like fucking you don't know why. balling, dude. And you don't like, know why. It's overwhelming. Uh-huh. I, I didn't know why in the moment, but like the music was so loud and I was like fucking in so much pain. It was an incredible amount of pain. My knee hurt. My fucking hip flexors were, I could barely walk, you know, but I'm trying to run and I just start crying and I'm like, go get my medal. I'm trying to fight back the tears, you know, as I get my little fucking medal and shit. And then mm-hmm. I walk around to go get my picture taken and I go to take my mask off. The lady yells at me to put my mask back on because you know, she's 15 fucking feet away from me, but goddamn, you know, yeah. God forbid <laughs> I take my ma- mask off for a f- I was like, I'd rather you just not even take my fucking picture. Like, you right. take a picture of me with a mask on? That's fucking stupid. <laughs> so I put the mask back. Maybe then, you were just too ugly. But Well, probably, right? <laughs> and then I see Missy, and then I, I walk over to her, and I hug her and shit, and then I, the, uh, the tears kind of start coming for a second. Then I'm, yeah. like, trying to bottle it back up because I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and cry in front of all these fucking people, you know? <laughs> And it was, but it was, it was crazy. It was beautiful. Like it hurt. And I think when we, we talked through it on the way, on the way home, I was like, I don't know what I was feeling in that moment. You know, we kind of went back through the emotions and it was like, I think, uh, the outside of me was confident we were going to pass this and we were going to do this. But the inside of me was, was very skeptical, mm-hmm. was very doubtful that we were going to be able to do this. Didn't, didn't, uh, didn't think we were worthy. And, yeah. uh, and then I think what happened was when I jumped over that last obstacle and I knew I just had to go 30 more feet, my inner, my inner side of me was like, dude, we did it. Yep. We fucking did it. Even though the outside of me was like, we knew we were going to do it. The inside of me was like, we fucking, you, you know, you did it. So, well, you know, like the four by four by 48 challenge. You did it, but you kind of bitched out once and then had to redo some shit. So, I, well, I wasn't bitching out. Like, I thought I was doing something harder, you know? Yeah. I thought I was doing something harder. You know, so I don't want to fuck with you. I know. I, there was no bitching out on that. I fucking, that was, that was a hard challenge. I think that this was easier than the, than that, but I heard a lot more today than I did, than I did, uh, at the end of that four by four by 48. And I think it was because I, I, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I've never ran 48 miles before. You know, yeah. I didn't, I've never put my body through that. I've put my body through some shit, but I've never put it's my body ever, through that. It's the ever four hours thing. Every four hours is the problem. It, I mean, cause to me, that, that would be the biggest issue for me. To what? To, to get up every four hours and go run Do it four, in every miles? four hours. It's kind of hard. Yeah. But like, again, I feel like life has prepared me for this, right? Yeah. Like I've, you know, I've the summertime, it's you get what fucking two, three hours of sleep some nights and you mm-hmm. go back to work, you know? So being sleep deprived and, and, uh, deprived of the right nutrition and stuff like that is something that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So the part that the only part of it that I was not used to was actually putting my body through the, through the running of the four hours. Like my yeah. body was not prepared physically for it, but my brain was ready. My mm-hmm. mentally, the harder part of it was the the part that was easier for me where most people are going to struggle with the mental part of mm-hmm. getting up. It's, you know, after when you get up at four o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning and you've only got like three of these things left, mm-hmm. that's the hardest one. Yeah. Cause it's four o'clock in the morning. And I remember I had come at midnight. I got done with my midnight run. This is midnight on Sunday morning. Yeah. And then I go into, uh, the four o'clock in the morning one. But when I got done with the midnight run, my hip flexors hurt so bad. I couldn't, I couldn't hardly walk. 
So I was like, I'm going to ice these bitches. That's, and that's when you ended up with the CBD on your nuts? No, I ended up with the C. I, oh, that was a different time. That was fucking excruciating. I couldn't explain how badly that burned. It was terrible. By the end of it, it was like I went through like all these different things. And by the end of it, it just felt like my nuts were just sitting in a glass of ice water. And I was like, it was like why won't it go away? <laughs> it's so fucking painful. Uh, but yeah, that's, I put the ice on my hip flexors and I went to sleep for two hours and when mm -hmm. i woke up i pulled the ice off i tried to stretch but i was so locked up because i had mm -hmm. ice on my fucking shit <laughs> for two hours so then when i went out at four in the morning and it took me 13 minutes to go three-eighths of a mile because uh, they were all locked up yeah, everything ice. was locked bro. i couldn't even walk i was almost in tears i was talking to brie on the phone because we were we were communicating with each other she was doing this at her house yeah i was doing mine here and I was on the phone with her and I was like, kid, this ain't good. This ain't good. And about two and a half miles in, I got to where I could actually start taking steps, like real steps, not little fucking, not shuffling like not an old shuffling man. Like, a, <laughs> like a pregnant lady who's got to take a shit. That's, that's pretty much as fast as I was walking. It was terrible, bro. Two and a half. And then I have, I got to 3.76 miles. I only had 0.24 to go. And that was the time I almost shit myself the first time, or maybe it was the second time. One of the times. And by the time I'm like trying to waddle into the fucking house, I open the garage. Of course, I don't have a clicker, so I got to push in the code to get in the garage, and every second's crucial. Yeah. And I'm fucking. <laughs> and by the time I, 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 I'm prairie dogging it at this point. By the time I get to the bathroom, it's like he's crawling like halfway out. And I was like, "Come on, man, please!" Just I got four more steps. That they were so painful to fucking take the steps. <laughs> I almost shit myself right there in the bathroom, and I was like, "I only got a quarter of a fucking mile to go, dude," and I couldn't. There was no way, dude. It was like it was coming now. There was no. There was no self-control. Is that when you were going to cut through your neighbor's backyard? Nah, that was, uh, yeah. That was there, the other time? There was plenty of times that I, I could have done that. Well, that was when I had to shift my, my route to the IUD. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because uh, the, uh, the one before was I just happened to be close to the house. And I was like, thank God, you know. Um, yeah, there was a, that was a different level of, of difficult because at that 4 o'clock in the morning, that's when, that's when people are going to quit. That's mm -hmm. when... That's when you're like, man, fuck this. Well, because then you're looking at it and go, ah, I got close enough. That's another thing that goes through people's heads too. Yeah, I'm only three shot. I'm good. Yeah, well, it's my first time. You know, I yeah. could, I could quit. I'll do better next time. Nah, I, that wasn't an option for me. This wasn't. Never I, is. You know, when I went into it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna. I didn't think I was gonna be able to run all 48 miles, like, because I've never ran that much ever. I'm not a yeah. runner. And then, uh, for me to. You know, I was like, fuck it. I don't care if I got to crawl four fucking miles. I'm going to complete the amount of miles that this thing requires of me. And, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it was, it was hard. I would approach it exactly the same next time. I will, I will approach it exactly the same. I will just have my body will be more conditioned for it. Everything else I did was right. Yeah. I think. Yeah, you know, you got to go out, you know, yeah, you have to run four, 48 miles in, in, you know, every four hours. Uh, four miles at a time so you work up to that next time you spend the next year or however long you're going to wait till you do that challenge again do two and then next week do three and then yeah. the next week do four and you know well the idea is just to run as much as possible yeah i i my achilles heel was my hip flexors yeah and i think that's and that comes down to stretching and training, uh, stretching, training, weightlifting on the, you know, lunges and stuff like that. But also my posture, mm -hmm. my posture plays such a big role 
into my hip flexors. And that's something that I've learned along this journey. Like what the fuck, what causes these things to even get fucked up like this? Cause yeah, when you lean your shoulders forward, like dopey all the time. Exactly. So, uh, the idea has been to change to correct the posture, which has gotten a lot better over the years. Yeah. Right? Um, especially been, as you've lost weight and everything else. Well, it's, I'm more cognitive of it now mm. and I see my son and he's, his posture gets terrible and it's like, Hey, whoa, 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 that, we help each other out. We, yeah. cause it's one of those things like when you have that muscle memory, that's the hardest part to break is trying to remember to keep what I try to remember is like, there's a hook in my chest and it's being pulled up to the sky. Mm-hmm. And that's the right posture I want to have when I'm running and stuff like that. So I was like, well, fuck, I want to have that posture all the time. So I was just kind of pretend that there's a hook pulling my chest up to the mm-hmm. sky. It's helped immensely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, like the lunges and the squats and just trying to get work that muscle group more and make it stronger. And then two mile runs every day would be would be ideal. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the, that's what I'm trying to work up to doing at least a two mile run every day with a long run every so often. Go mm-hmm. do like a 15, 20 mile run, which, dude, I'm capable of doing Yeah. mentally. Physically, my body, my body just uh, doesn't like to cooperate, but I think it's going to take time, man. I'll get there. Yeah, it does. You it know, takes a lot of time. Man. I'll run a marathon eventually. Uh, I'm, you know, I've got three Spartan races this year that I'm doing. I'm going to get the trifecta. So the idea was to do a 5K this weekend. I was yeah. supposed to be doing a 5K today, but I fucked up and I bought the 10K because <laughs> I'm a fucking moron. Uh, so I was going to start with the 5k, then I was going to do the 10k in May and then I do the half marathon in October. Instead, I did the 10k yesterday. I'm going to do the 5k in May and then I'll do the half marathon in October. (laughs) Um, and you know, hopefully I can make it through the half marathon. I'm going to train fucking brutally hard until then to achieve that. You know, and I have no doubt that you'll complete it that you'll complete the half marathon. You may not complete it in the amount of time that you feel is good, but you'll complete it. Yeah. I'm going to work really hard for it. I'm, I'm, uh, it's a good thing to, I've, I learned a lot about myself out there on the trail. Like, um, well with rucking, I learned a lot there that just rolled over very well to this mm-hmm. other thing, you know? And I didn't know when I started rucking that eventually I would end up doing Spartan races. Like I didn't even know what a Spartan race was until I heard the CEO on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I was like, <laughs> what is that? They're pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's, it definitely tests your mental capacity. It's, yeah. I don't even know if I could get under the razor wire. You could. <laughs> yeah, you could. I it, mean, I can crawl around on my belly all day long. I, it's, it's the running and climbing shit I can't do. Yeah, it would be difficult for you. Yeah. You have to do a lot of pull-ups. Yeah, and I can't do any of those. And so when you can't do a challenge, you have to do burpees. Yeah, and those suck. 30 burpees for every challenge you miss. And if you don't, excuse me, if you don't do the burpees, they, they knock time off your thing. Yeah. And um, so I made sure that I did all the burpees that were required of me. And probably then some because I lost count a couple times, so I had to start. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's, it wasn't easy. And if I wasn't counting them out loud, I would fucking lose my place. I was like, God damn, is that 12 or 23? <laughs> Fuck. 12. Okay. <laughs> so there's probably a couple times where I did over 40 burpees, but that's all right. I, you know, and I had fun doing it. And the next one, my kids are all doing it with me. Yeah. Well, not all my kids, but yeah. Uh, Bree and Ty. Bree wouldn't recognize Bree anymore. She's a little savage. Really? For real. It's crazy. She, and we changed up the trail. So we don't just ruck anymore with weight. Now we carry kettlebells. Yeah. I saw you doing that the first time. And then what we started doing was for every bench we see, we don't sit at the bench. We do push ups. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we'll stop at every bench. So every lap now offers 160 push ups if you only do 10 at every bench. 
which that's what I was doing. But we're trying to do that to train Bree to get Bree ready for the Spartan race. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do push-ups, and when she bought a pull-up bar, so she's doing pull, trying to do pull-ups and shit now, mm-hmm. trying to get her strong, get her trained for it. And uh, so now we're going to change it to instead of doing the push-ups, we're going to do burpees mm. at every bench. So we'll have to do 160 burpees and four miles of rucking with the 35-pound kettlebell. <laughs> and then I'm going to try to find a spot out there where, where there's lots of trees. And so we're going to try to find some branches. We could do pull-ups out there as well. Yeah. Because the whole the whole thing now is got to train hard. Yeah. Because that half marathon is basically double of what I did yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I'm hurting like a motherfucker today. Like I, I feel like I got the shit beat out of me. Every muscle in my body hurts. And uh, that was after six and a half miles. So if I do 13... Like I need to be prepared for it. I, my body needs to be ready, so I got to yeah. hit the hit it hard. So that's burpees, running, uh, running as much as possible, running every day, and just get my body prepared for it, and see what the fuck happens in October. Yeah, I'm not scared of the five k. The five k should be easy. Still, the, don't don't take it too lightly. Remember, you got to train up for that one too. Right, for sure. Which is we are. And that's yeah. why I'm trying to help Bree and Adam trying to get, cause we're doing it as a team. So yeah. we're going into it as a team. So it's not like I'm going to leave you fuckers in the dust. No, we go through every challenge as a team. We encourage each other at every challenge as a team. And we try to get each other through each fucking challenge. And, uh, we don't finish. We finish together. We don't yeah. finish. I'm not going to beat you guys. Cause I know I'll smoke every one of them because I do this harder than all of them. Mm-hmm. But the idea is to get them built up close to me so we can all do it together. And then yeah. we encourage each other through it, you know? So, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing as a family. <laughs> that's what we're doing these days. Uh, wow. No music, no fun. It's it's all it's all just working out, man. Every yeah. six days a week, like I said, we just, we work out six days a week. And it's awesome. It's and it's one of those things. It's like uh, this. We don't want this to be a fad because like next year I have goals. Like, here's one thing I didn't realize: there's levels, right? Mm-hmm. This, this dude that I met that helped me put all my shit on. He raced that 10K yesterday. Mm-hmm. He got 30th place, 30th place overall. Went and raced the 5K today. Got fucking fourth place overall. After he ran yesterday, yeah. he, ran, he went again and did it today and got fourth place. Uh, he said he was one step away from a podium, one place away from being on the podium. Mm. And um, so I was like, this motherfucker. Well, now I want to do two races in a weekend. I got one, <laughs> so I can't do it this year, but next year. Next year I'm gonna do a, a 10k on Saturday and the 5k on Sunday. I don't just because well, I'm always trying to find new new levels of intensity and, and difficulty to add to this thing. Yeah. What was the guy's name you met? Josh Champ. Okay. Let's make sure it wasn't my buddy out of Dallas. That no, this kid, this, this dude lives in Temple. He's oh, probably okay. about 10 years younger than me, right? So it's you know he's got a lot more going for him. Clearly he's in better shape than I am. <laughs> and you know, like I was telling you earlier, I think if I'm flirting with the idea of taking um. Uh, it's testosterone or something, you know, because yeah. I know dude, I'm almost 40, man. I know my testosterone levels are low. Yeah. I've been trying to build them up while working out, but well, working out builds them up quite a bit, but it doesn't get me to where I need to be though. So yeah, yeah we might be doing some, uh, looking into that and see what that costs and see what, if there's even benefit to yeah. it, you know, and, and kind of just weigh my options here and see what I can do with that. Cause it would be nice to be able to keep up with Ty. Yeah. Which is not easy. Good luck. To do. <laughs> Kids. You don't want to ever have that kind of testosterone again. Fuck. I'm telling you, dude, trying to keep up with that kid when he's running. He used to not like running. Yeah. And then I kind of forced him into this running thing. And then he realized he was better at it and than you. And then he realized that he was, he's like a, 
this kid's stride is insane. I have to take like three steps to his one. <laughs> Fucking, he's like he's effortless. He's a bit taller than you, and he's yeah. a lot. It, not that you're fat by any stretch, but he's a lot leaner. He's got a lot leaner muscle. Actually, I weigh less than him. Yeah, but he's got leaner muscle. Well, he's been working yeah. hard, and he's been on a no-sugar diet. He did a six-month no-sugar diet, and he's only got a month left of it, so he hasn't had hardly any sugar in five months. <laughs> so unless it's in ketchup and shit like that, yeah. you know, he'll eat ketchup and stuff, but he's not eating candy. He's not eating cake. Yeah. He's not eating cookies. He's not eating any fucking snacks, any treats. Well, you look how fat I am. I hardly ever eat any of that shit. Right, but you also are not putting yourself in a massive caloric deficit. Yeah, well... I am more now. That's why I've lost some. But well, so you're saying that is, you expel more calories in a day than you eat? A lot of times, yeah. How are you tracking what calories you're burning? On my uh, phone and watch. Yeah, it's not very accurate, though. Yeah. What watch are you using? Fitbit. Yeah, I don't know how accurate that is. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because you. Now, there's some days that what I'm doing right here, sitting in a chair, that's what I do most of the day. But a lot of days I'm up and down stairs, you know. Yeah. Probably 50, 60 flights of stairs because how many times I have to go up and down. Right. So, but I'm definitely not working at it. (laughs) (laughs) Most people aren't. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, I guess it's to each his own. Yeah. Everybody's got their own prerogative in life, you know. I I don't know. I I wasn't always thinking like this, but I just kind of got to the point where it's like, if I want my kids to be active, I can't just tell them fucking go be active. I got to be out there. You know, I got to show, I got to lead by example. You yeah. Know? And so that's kind of at work with everything. Everything in my life is kind of like lead by example. I'm not mm-hmm. going to just talk to talk. I'm going to fucking be out there getting dirty with you and shit. And yeah. I think that, uh, I've earned a respect to my kids that way because mm-hmm. they, they see me out here struggling and trying and failing. And you know, this was a big deal for them. Me winning this race was a big deal for them because you know, they've seen me. They saw where I came from. Do you, did I send you that picture or like my before and after? I don't think so. Let me show you this picture, man. Two years ago, I was 200 and almost 40 pounds. And, um, I, you know, I wasn't trying to lose weight then. It was, uh, we were at the beach. And the only reason I had the picture was because, um, fucking. <laughs> I had rubbed on the suntan lotion mm-hmm. like a moron. So like oh, there yeah. was parts of me that were burnt and parts of me that weren't. Yeah, that's right. So the picture on the left is April of 2019. The picture on the right is February of 2021. Nice. This wasn't the plan. It just no, kind of happened this it just way. Happened. I'm yeah. not, I'm not posting this on Facebook. I sent it to a couple friends and yeah. shit, but you know, I'm not trying to, you know, be like, Oh, look at me. But it was just like a point. Like, no, but, you 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 type up that story like you just said that you weren't trying it just happened, and you put that on the can't hurt me page. No, I don't think because that could help people. Maybe there's a lot of people helping people on there. This I, is I don't, true. I look. I don't want the fucking attention. I yeah, you're doing it for you. I'm doing it for my kids, and I'm doing it for me. I'm not, you know. And if anybody else wants to follow, then that's cool. You know, I, I respect you and everything, and I, I just respect people who are out there working hard. You know, doing. Mm-hmm. Doing what they can. Yeah. I heard this funny thing by David Goggins the other day. I was listening to it and it was, it was funny to me because like it's kind of the same mindset I have. And he's like, you know, how can I respect you if, if you basically not respecting yourself, you know, like people demand respect from other people, but these are the same people that are sitting on their fat fucking ass, not doing shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pointing their finger at people. I don't know, man. Like, I think that. In order to earn a respect for my kids, I got to be out there doing it. I got to be trying hard every day. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, cause I think that my parents always try to push shit on me, but I didn't see them doing, Yeah, you know, I didn't see my parents do shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to, they do the bare minimum to get by mm-hmm. and they go to their fucking jobs. And then, uh, you know, that was it. And yeah. I never saw my dad once do push ups. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know, man, like I feel like to be a better role model for my kids, man, I should to, to do, you know, I'm not just going to say, Hey, I'm going to fucking get off your ass and go exercise. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking working out three, four, five times as hard as they, well, except for Ty, but really everybody else, you know, Yeah. that kid's crazy. He's on a different level. Yeah. Two a day workouts. And he wants to be on a different level. Yeah. He wants to, he's a, uh, he has a point to prove, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. and uh, he's, he uses that to drive him, which, yeah. is, which is good. He's beast mode all the time. All the time. It's cool. So, hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break because uh, otherwise I'm going to leave a puddle in Cameron's floor. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. We'll be back. We're probably going to take a couple of breaks over this one because we got a lot of shit to talk about. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll be back. And we're back. Right, all right. Yeah, this is, I've missed this. Um, like I said, we stopped it because of that summer. And then never started back up. <laughs> yeah. And things were getting, I think towards the end there when we were recording and stuff too, like there was, I don't want to say like a big tension, but there was probably like a little bit of a tension. I think you felt maybe some pressure from having to be the one solely responsible for editing this fucking thing. Well, it was the, the time factor of editing became an issue when we, you know, shit going on with the kids and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, some, and, you know, not having downtime. I'm, I'm learning now that I have, a, I own a house and everything else that there is no downtime. It's never downtime. There's never downtime. You're always got to be doing something. But, so yeah, that was what you've done with the Spartan race, the four by four by 48. Kicked your ass, but proud that you got both of them done. Yeah. Very proud. Um, so yeah, right before Cameron got married again, take two. <laughs> we, uh, my my wife and I bought a house from the first house we've owned, and uh, it was hard finding a house. We put offers in on a couple. We put a lot of money in on a couple on one for sure, paying for appraisals and inspections and all that shit. And then have the guy wouldn't come down to what it appraised at, and I was pissed. You know, I put probably three or four grand into it, had nothing to show for it. Yeah. So then we just recouped our money, saved up some more, found, decided, okay, now we're looking again. Finally found one in the same neighborhood we were renting a house in. So it's been pretty good. Yeah. And I haven't even been over there. <laughs> I haven't done shit. All I've done is what you see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a, I have a lot to show for it. I think I've, I've given up, I don't want to say given up on relationships, but just, put them on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Like it's especially because of like my kids, mm-hmm. especially spending so much time with them lately. Mm-hmm. Again, with like, uh, having to be, uh, lead by example, it doesn't leave much room for other relationships. Mm-hmm. Makes it very difficult. And, uh, so that my kids have turned into my best friends, mm-hmm. which is strange because you know, I never, you don't think that when your kids are growing up and they're like these little people that, you know, one day are going to bloom into adults and shit mm-hmm. that, uh, you don't ever think like one day these, these people are going to be my best friends. Mm-hmm. And then one day you just wake up and you're like, Oh fuck, they're all my best friends. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, 
it's yeah, my, it's been very weird. Like the last couple of years have really shifted, but I think the last year has shifted the most mm-hmm. in my life. And uh, so I don't get out much and yeah. make it over to go see things like your new house and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> Rob's only been there once. Yeah. And he lives, he lives a mile and a half away. Yeah, I was going to say pretty close. I, <laughs> I didn't think it was a mile and a half, but I figured it was, you know, within a mile. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, we've all, everybody's been going through this COVID now for a year. Um, That was another thing that really fucked me up about his wedding because we find out two days later my son's like i'm not feeling good He's like uh we need to go have you tested stomach's messed up he's got a headache you know it's like mm, we need to have you tested just in case he tests positive so i have to call cameron and say hey man um you need to get a hold of everybody that was there <laughs> make sure they're not sick and i felt like shit for weeks and then nobody got sick yeah. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, nobody got sick. It was, um, you know, this COVID thing is weird, man. It is. I uh, I don't know. You know, you get all this information splattered at you from all these directions. And like some of it makes sense, some of it not so much, you know. And it's like mm-hmm. it's so hard into what to believe. And, I, you know, you get these people who fucking believe in all this stuff wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. you know. And then you get these people who dismiss it all wholeheartedly. And it's like, yep. where do I find myself in this spectrum? Yeah, and, you know, COVID and everything hit my family. Well, my oldest got it, and then the youngest got it, had no symptoms. Um, His mom got it. She was sick for, like, two months. Her parents got it. They were all sick. And then, I guess it was about four weeks ago, I called my dad, as I usually do. He's an overthrow truck driver. And... He said, I'm not feeling good at all. You know, I barely can move. I can't get up. Took me three hours to take a shower the other day, you know, at the truck stop. Like, well, you need to go to the hospital. Yeah, I think you're right. Two days later, I called him. He doesn't answer. Called the hospitals. Nobody's ever seen him. Called the truck stop. They go out. The lady went above and beyond, went out, knocked on his door, couldn't get him. She goes, well, I need his truck number to make sure this is the right truck. So then I got to call his company and try to find out how to get a hold of anybody over there. You know, it's a huge company. Finally get his driver manager. She tells me the truck number. They go out there. They finally get him to the door. It took him 15 minutes to get from the bump to the door of the truck. And he finally calls me back and he goes, what's going on? I said, besides you scaring the shit out of me, nothing. Now, you need to call the hospital. <laughs> and he went into the hospital that day and they, he was there for 13 days. Um. I think they made him worse <laughs> in some ways. They helped him a lot, you know, a lot of fluids, you know, antibiotics for some reason, I guess, keep him from getting other illnesses while he was there. And cause it really doesn't help COVID much. Um, there were a lot of things that hospital did bad, but like you don't give a diabetic cake and fruit juice with his meal. And one morning they brought him, uh, he's, he's diabetic. He's got high cholesterol high blood pressure and they bring him scrambled eggs and a blueberry muffin. It's like, do you not see on his chart? He's diabetic. What the fuck are y'all doing? So he calls me and says, I'm leaving. I'm probably leaving Tuesday. Okay. I'll come up and get you. And then they told him, no, you can't leave until the incubation period's over 14, 13, 14 days. So then he decides he checks himself out that Thursday. He said, can you come pick me up tomorrow? Yeah, I'll come pick you up. And I get up there, get to the hotel where he's staying. Um, it takes him about 10, 15 minutes to put his pants on. 
it it was bad. And he's like, I'm starving. We stop and get something to eat. Hundred miles down the road, he's doing ten times better. We move him into my house. He's sleeping on our couch right now because he can't get upstairs. When he, we get him back, and every day he's gotten better and better and better. The last two days, three days, have been great. Through all of this, we've been I helped him file for his social security back in August. He turned 66 December 10th. He still hadn't got a check. Mm. So we're dealing with him. They said, oh, we never got it. Oh, you're full of shit. We sent everything in. So we finally find the local office that is handling his case. Find the lady that's handling it. He calls her and goes, yeah, but we've been real behind. I've got it right here. Two days later, they he gets his deposit from December all the way to now for Social Security. So now he's got money coming in. It's like... It's just been one thing after another. Things are starting to look up for him now. I don't know how long he's going to stay with me. I don't know how long he he wants to sell his house. Uh, but he's probably going to move down here, try to find him a travel trailer and sleep in, and stay in a RV park and do some menial job because he don't need much now that he's got Social Security coming in. Right. But, yeah, it was a, it was a scary little time there. You know, taking care of, you know, because like you're saying about your kids, being best friends with your kids. My dad and I usually talk hour, hour and a half every day. That's basically what we've become as best friends. Yeah. And it was scary thinking that I'm going to lose him right now. Yeah, I can imagine. My sister and her husband came down last weekend to see him. She's been great through all of this. and uh, But it, it was scary for a while. You know what I'm talking about. You've been through it, you know. Yeah, I've been. Maybe not with COVID, but you've been through it with your pops and everything. Yeah, when he died, it was, it was fucked up. But we knew it was going to happen. We yeah. Knew it was coming. You know, we talked to the doctor and shit, and I said, I said, what, you know, be real here, like, how long do you think he has to live? Yeah. And she was like, I don't think he has long. Mm. And if he does survive this, he's not going to have a very good life. Like, yeah. So it was in that moment. It was like, fuck. So we're just waiting for him to die. That's the thing we're doing here. Like that's frustrating. I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was hard. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think I can relate a little bit, you know, um, of course, ultimately he died. I think it's in this situation. You don't know if your dad's going, there's no definitive. Yeah. You know, there's no diagnosis that, cause you don't know what, you know, they don't really know how this thing is going to affect, affects everybody differently. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. He didn't have a whole lot of, you know, it didn't seem like a lot of lost lung function until he got in the hospital. Yeah. He had passed out once in the truck, you know, he, uh, made a mess of himself in another situation. And, you know, it, a lot of people, you know, it's, Oh, it feels like the flu. Well, it wasn't nothing like the flu for him. He's had pneumonia before. And he said, this is 10 times worse than pneumonia was. That's crazy. And, he gets in there is like uh, alcohol content. Oxygen content was 83%. Mm. But by the time he left, it was 98, staying steadily at 98. Yeah. So um, the biggest thing is he's weak, extremely weak. It's getting better. He's made it up the stairs yesterday to go take a shower without his cane, without anything up the stairs. He had to rest after he got up there, but he made it. Yeah. So, you know, he's getting better and better. That's good. Well, I hope it keeps progress going. Yeah, me too. Recover I'm, fully. We're trying to be hard on him. Um, Shannon, my wife, is really good about, have you taken your medicine? 
you take it this morning? What medicine are they giving him? Well, he's on it's just his regular medicines, and then it, we've got him on uh, like a vitamin C, D, and zinc, you know, thing because that helps with it too, and helps boost your immune system and, for sure. Yeah, that's one of the things I was gonna say is they, they found a lot with the vitamin D three and, the, and mm-hmm. the zinc, especially you know, with some of the zinc, there's some other shit you're supposed to take with it that helps you becomes more bio uh, what a bioavailable. Yeah, right. Your body can consume mm-hmm. uh, the most of it instead yeah. of just pissing it right back out. You know, there's yeah. things you could take with it and stuff too. But yeah, those are good, from what I understand. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I don't think I've caught covid <laughs> I, I think my had, wife had it before they even mentioned about it i've never had any symptoms i mean because she got she had a respiratory thing february was a year ago yeah and they told her oh well you have a respiratory virus but didn't tell her what it was didn't tell her it was a cold the flu yeah you have a respiratory virus she was sick for three or four weeks or at least sick for a week coughing for about three or four weeks yeah it's like i think she had it they just didn't say anything because nobody had told them what this well, could have been maybe or maybe she just got sick. Yeah, it's maybe. Too. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunately you don't know. Yeah, and with it happening all at the same time, it's like oh, I don't know. But you know, with the fact that we had one in the house that was sick, she didn't get it. Of course, I didn't either. Yeah, which is strange, right? Because I mean, you're not not exactly like a poster child for good health, right? Like, yeah. So you would think that, given what they've said about people who have adverse effects to it, it's yeah. mostly people who fit your description. Yeah. And uh, so I was, you know, I know when you said your kid had it, I was worried. I was like, fuck. And he goes, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've had one. I've had one. The first dose of the vaccine about two and a half weeks ago, I guess, almost three. Um, supposed to be scheduling the second dose here soon. So nice. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't taken it. Might not. Well, and the thing is about <laughs> I think me, I will actually. I hardly ever get sick. Yeah. I mean, you know, stomach every now and then, but it, it lasts about twelve hours, maybe. Yeah. But I also don't take a lot of medication. When I'm not feeling good, I let my body work through it to give my immune system a boost. You know, if if your body can repair a lot of things, well, let it that. let it do it. I don't ever see the doctor. I don't ever take medicine. Yeah, I mean, I, I take medicine for my blood pressure. You know, and that's about it. Mm. I barely take a leave. <laughs> I, when I'm hurting, like a muscle pain or something, it's got to be really bad for me to take anything because, like, eh, I don't want to fuck myself up worse. Yeah. You know, I'll take shit for a headache because I can't stand having a headache. Yeah. But. Uh, oh, excuse me. Yeah, I don't. I take a leave when my body hurts real bad. Like right now, like I should have taken a leave this morning. My yeah. body feels like shit. <laughs> I feel like I got <laughs> hit by a fucking truck. It's funny because I look at you and you're just like, okay, this is like you are in the end of the summer after you've worked 18 hour days for three months. Yeah, I put my body through hell yesterday. Mm. But, was, uh, but hey, you got through it. You, you defeated the Spartan race. Uh, yeah, I got two more to do, and then uh, and then it's on to whatever the fuck next year brings. I don't know, man. I I enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, maybe you can get maybe you can do that tough mutter thing that Richard from Who's on Call was talking about doing. They have tough mutter. I think Spartan actually owns tough mutter. I think so. Yeah. So I thought about doing that one too, and I've thought about just joining fucking tons of five Ks and ten K races and just yeah just. You know, build a wall full of metals instead of having yeah. a wall full of guitars, you know. That'd yeah. be cool. Give me a chance at any of them. <laughs> Say that before again? You, give me a chance at them before you sell them to somebody. Oh, the guitars? Yeah. Yeah, man, for sure. I'm going to go through. I'm going to clean them all up. I'm going to probably change the strings on them and shit and, and just start selling them off. Because I don't, yeah. Like, that was a fun time in my life. 
And I, you know, of course, I got the SG behind me, and I really, I don't really want to play any other guitar that I have. Yeah, you know, keep Caroline. I was gonna say I can't take Caroline because I'm afraid she'd no. probably blow my house would burn down <laughs> if I brought her into my house. For sure, you would have an electrical fire. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, Caroline stays. She's uh, temperamental as shit. But I'm probably gonna get rid of. Yeah, ninety percent. Like I've got that old Gibson. I'm gonna keep it. Oh, you better. Yeah, of course. All right, that goes without saying. <laughs> uh, I've got a. Yeah, I've got a pretty. I've got a pretty cool little collection, man. I got like an '84 Kramer Pacer. I got an '84 yeah. Japanese Strat. Those are both pretty badass guitars. Mm-hmm. I've got. Uh, sh- what else do I, I mean? I got a lot of guitars. Yeah, you have a couple of Jacksons, don't you? I have two Jacksons. I have a couple of uh, Washburns. I've got you know a DBZ Barchetta. That's a pretty cool guitar. You got that hand cut one? Yeah, I got that one. I, I won't get rid of that one uh-uh. either. Yeah, that one's uh-uh. staying put. I think it's pretty cool. Pretty cool guitar. But if I could drop it down to like five guitars, I yeah, think that would be cool. Just get rid of the rest. Fuck them. So you're, uh, you know, looking around your house here. You, you know, you got a pretty nice house. I have a question that I was going to ask offline, but I forgot. Okay. Did you build your fence? Yes, I built all of it except for. The part right up in the front. Okay. Um, I may have to call you to help me because mine needs to be replaced. <laughs> yeah. It's got metal posts in mm-hmm. concrete. Yeah. One of them's leaning. I got to get straightened up. Mm. But the fucking fence is falling down. Yeah. I've, I've got to build a new one. It's easy. You just got to get the hardware for it. Yeah. And then, like, I bu- I put all the posts in on mine. That's the hardest part is getting them all straight. Like, if, yeah. you, if you stand on my deck and you look down, yeah, you could put a laser on it. It's dead straight. I've got one that's fucked up in the back. Yeah, the you problem. Just dig it out, pour a new, put a new post, and and then yeah. you can um, there's different, you know, use a level and shit like that. But yeah. I would tie a string around the two that are uh, the two, uh, the one on either side of it, and you yeah. can just tie a string and just level it up that way. You know? Yeah, you can do that too. But yeah, it's easy enough. I have a concrete mixer too, so let me know if you want to do it. I'll give you my concrete mixer. All right, and uh, I hope I'll help you out, man. Uh, mm. I'm cheap. <laughs> for friends <laughs> yeah it's not like it used to be i can't buy you a case of fat tire anymore yeah, you don't drink much i don't drink dude i still have that same 12 pack of corona <laughs> <laughs> i haven't touched there's a bottle opener that's shaped like a guitar on a wall right there my father-in-law made that for me for christmas i don't know if you could see it next to that highly suspect poster just on the oh, other yeah. side of that sg and uh he keeps asking me he's like hey have you tried that bottle opener yes and man, i still ain't had a beer since, fucking, <laughs> since way before christmas because he gave that to me for christmas i used to come over here and we'd, you know i'd drink a bit, couple of beers i'd bring a 12 pack of corona and drink two of them yeah. you know or my bottle of whiskey it's still in here oh is it fuck yeah i'm not drinking actually i think it's right here no but give it here yeah. take this motherfucker home I don't hell no i'm gonna drink it because we're not gonna stop doing this again <laughs> you can take that fall here. i'm not gonna let you stop doing this i don't drink whiskey i don't drink nothing i drink listen i drink electrolytes and, and pre, kombucha pre-workout drinks and fucking kombucha and water or or as richard from who's on call says uh Some, sambuca sambucha or sambuca <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking funny shit i love those guys man that was, dude i had a lot of fun going over there hanging out with them and shit. i want to do it uh, and i need to hit up rick and say hey motherfucker <laughs> yeah i'm sure they'd love that because there's something i need to talk about on there too is is y'all know um towards our la- end of our podcast last year um i switched jobs left johnson controls went to work for ERCOT. Yeah, the most hated company the in most, Texas yeah. right now. Um, <laughs> Fucking most. <laughs> I worked 125 hours doing the uh, snow and ice. Um, I stayed there four days straight because uh, we needed to. Yeah. You never know what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I've, I, I've read everything on Facebook. I'm not responding to anybody on any of that bullshit. You know, they're like, oh, well, I bet Dan Patrick and, or not Dan Patrick, uh, the guy that was on TV all the time and our CEO, I bet they had electricity. He's like, they damn sure did because they were in ERCOT for six fucking days straight. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it, it was a nightmare of a time. I spent a lot of time shoveling ice and snow outside. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it I'd sucked. like to say I feel bad for you, but I grew up in the north, so I've yeah. shoveled my fair share of snow and ice. <laughs> I was having to do it to keep the chillers running. I was shoveling it into the cooling tower. Yeah, um, it wasn't fun, but it had to be done. First day of the snow, busted my ass. Yeah, in the cooling tower yard. <laughs> it was funny because I was taking my time, and apparently ice had built up underneath the snow because we had a leak. Mm. I fell, grabbed myself on a on the. Uh, handrail for the stairs that go over to the other side of the cooling towers bent the fucking handrail didn't you hand stuck to it (laughs) (laughs) i got my right hand stuck to the fucking handrail i'm so fat my left hand can't reach my phone i'm like this is how it ends i'm gonna die right here dive frozen to the handrail (laughs) finally i was like started shaking my hand finally got it loose i'm like oh good i'm not gonna die in this fucking cooling tower yard that's funny (laughs) i was sitting there thinking this is how it's gonna end and cameron will do my eulogy And laugh his ass off about this shit. Probably would. (laughs) And he would have every right to. He he sure picked a hell of a way to go. (laughs) Like, almost like he wanted me to do this or something. (laughs) We fucking, uh, we were in my backyard and of course it was blink, you know, it was all fresh snow and shit in the backyard. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, there was some dog, some dogs had gotten into our backyard and we're running through our yard. Missy's like, where are they fucking dog prints from? We're following them around. And then we have that little garden area Mm -hmm. and you can see, some weird footprints going through the garden and it just stops. And Missy goes, what the <laughs> fuck is that? So we go over and we kind of try to get over. It's, you know where that garden box is that we yeah. have with the hose? So it was right. It kind of stops right in front of there. So we get something brushed the snow away. There's a big ass fucking rat. And I guess that what he had done is he had run across the fence, came down the fence and tried to run through the snow and didn't make it across the garden and fucking just died right there. Froze oh, to death. Shit. So when everything melted, I had to get him out of there. But, I was like, God damn, dude, that, what a fucking way to go. <laughs> he almost made it. He almost made it to the deck. You know, he could have got into the deck and he might have survived, but there might be a bunch of dead rats underneath of there. We have our neighborhood as it's Texas. There's fucking yeah. rats in Texas, you know. Well, we got two cats at the hang around ERCOT. One of the guys feeds them and everything. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, the motherfuckers had to have died. They the had cats. to have died. Yeah, man. They so, didn't get to where somewhere. So safe. the fifth day of the snow. I'm sitting there, which is weird to say in Texas. I'm looking and I see one. I'm like, oh, good, that one lived. What about the other one? Because the other one's kind of the leader. Yeah. The next day we saw him. Nice. It's like, oh, good, they lived. Yeah, they're resilient. People are more resilient than the the news made us out to be. You know, this yeah. this whole thing. The thing that bothered me about it, and it, of course, you know, whatever. I yeah, you know, I guess we're all entitled to our opinions and stuff. But listen, here's my here's my thoughts on this, right? Right. We had a terrible thing happen. A lot of people lost power and some people died and that's terrible. But for thousands of years, we didn't have electricity and fucking heat. Right. Yep. And people survived for thousands of fucking years. And we, I think sometimes we, we forget when we're in our safe little houses and stuff that there was a time when we had like real fucking issues to worry about. Mm-hmm. We have it so nice these mm-hmm. days and everybody's so fucking mad because the power company went out. But 
man, for thousands of years, people didn't have power. Yeah. You know, and they had to find ways to survive. And everybody's fucking mad at the government. Everybody's mad at Urquhart. Everybody's mad at this. It's like, where's your fucking preparation? Yeah. Where's your accountability? Like, you own some of this responsibility to make sure that you have the necessities in place. You mm-hmm. can't listen. Everybody wants fucking daddy government fucking take care of them. I got a message for you. You got to have to take care of yourself as well. There's what part happens? of that, that you have to fucking make sure that you have water yeah. and you have to make sure that you have firewood and stuff like that. You can't get mad at the fucking government. Yeah. They don't owe you. They don't owe you things. Yeah. You know? And, and I understand in that moment we were stressed out and everybody's freaking out. Some people have power. Some people don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I get that. And I, it's hard it's hard for me to voice my opinion about this because like we, we did have heat, you know, yeah. we didn't have water, yeah. but you know, here's the deal. If we wouldn't have had heat, I still would have been doing the same thing I was doing. Every minute of my time was spent helping my neighbors Yeah. while, while everything's frozen mm-hmm. and we have no running water in the house. I'm, I'm not even at home. I'm out helping all my neighbors cut up their trees and fucking fixing water lines and mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. And, you know, I think in that situation, you could do two things. You could sit back and you could be pissed off at everybody. Or you can get off your fucking ass and you can go help people out. Yeah. And I think, uh, too many people sat on their asses and not enough people got up and went to help out, you know? Yeah. And it, it kind of fucking irked me a little bit. I think when, it, you know, social media is such a fucked up place and I'm so sick of Facebook and all the yeah. people and their goddamn opinions. Just cause you have a mouth doesn't mean that the words that are coming out are fucking good. Yeah. You know? And uh, so everybody's got something to fucking say. And it's frustrating. It is. Cause not a, you know, not a lot of people were out there helping their neighbors. They were sitting back in their fucking houses complaining, mm-hmm. get off your fucking ass and go help somebody. Yeah. You know, I don't know, that was my thought. And I kind of feel like I, I'm not saying these words from a person who sat on his couch. I was out there in a cold every day, fucking helping people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if we wouldn't have had heat, I still would have been doing the same fucking thing. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, I'd prepared to not have electricity. Oh, us too. Like, like the Thursday before, we were ready. you know, I don't have a, I don't have a fireplace the Thursday before I'm like, okay, I know, you know, I, I've got, I can get candles. I, I lived in a place that had no electricity. Right. Candles kept me warm for a whole winter. Right. I know it works. I'm like, okay, um, I need some oil lamps. I've wanted some anyway. Now it's a necessity. Yeah. So I told my wife I'd stop, found a place in Taylor that had probably 20 of them. Right. So I bought two, went and bought three gallons of oil, mm-hmm. and I told my wife, I said, this is what you do with it. Yeah. I said, if we lose power and it's that damn cold in here, you and all the kids need to huddle up under a blanket with these candles and these deals in a small room. Yeah. And that's how you sleep. We're going to build a fort. Yeah. We're all going to get in the fort. We're all going to fucking help each other live off each other's body heat. That's we're all going to fucking wear socks. We're all going to yep. be bundled up. Any any source of heat that we can get, we're going to take. We'll go out to the car. We'll start the car for a yeah. little bit. Warm up in the... Whatever we have to do to acclimate and yeah. adapt to this fucking... To this thing. Yeah. It may not be normal. It may not be comfortable. But you survive. And that's the whole fucking point when things go down yeah. is how you survive. And some people, you know, are not afforded the luxury of being... Uh, what's the word that I can say without offending anybody? Some people are just fucking stupid. Yes. And you know, the, in this situation, they're like, Oh, what are you going to do? I don't know what to do. I don't, you know, it's like somebody should have told us What? <laughs> somebody should have told you how to live. Yeah. Look, it's common sense. Read, read some books. So while in this time, when we're not in crisis mode, why don't you start reading some up on some stuff about how to take care of yourself? If this thing happens, like, yeah, I've been prepared for a long time for a giant solar storm yeah. and we're going to lose electricity and electricity, we're going to go back to the fucking dark gone. ages, right? Yes. How are we going to get food? 
grocery stores aren't going to be open if all the transformers are burned out, right? Like the whole world is going to go chaotic. Well, and that's and what are you motherfuckers going to do then? Well, that's like when COVID started, you know, the, the run on the grocery stores, nobody had anything. And I looked at all my kids and I looked at my wife. We sat down. I said, okay, here's the deal. If things get bad enough, there is no food. We're going to we, eat the little one first. We will have food. <laughs> I said, I know a spot and I'm not telling you where it's at. I've got a gun. I know a spot where there are deer every night at two to three o'clock in the morning. Fuck the laws. I will go kill a deer. I will drag that motherfucker back home. We will eat one way or the other. Yeah. And I said, that's just how it is because when it's survival, it's survival. You know, everybody else be damned. I'm taking care of my family. Right. Well, we stocked up on things like cliff bars. Yeah. We have a lot of things that'll keep us keep yeah. calories in us for a while. Well, and I, I stocked up on some stuff to have it work, you know, and everybody's like, oh, well, they'll, they'll supply you food. I was like, eh, maybe not. I bought my own shit. And yeah. then I had two boxes of them fucking Atkins bars. I'm like, an Atkins bar will get me for a whole day if I have to. Better than nothing. That's it. And yeah. they, you know, they're 240 calories and they got all the nutrients you need for a whole meal. It's like, yeah. this is good enough. But yeah, you're right. People don't understand and don't know, you know, you can't depend on somebody else to take care of you. Right. I think everybody's just gotten so comfortable and they feel like, you know. They don't want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that was a, the guy at work said that to me. He goes, the problem is too many people don't want to be uncomfortable. Right. It's like Something I've been saying for a long time. Like you said about the electricity. People did it for thousands of years with no electricity. Guess what? We're still here. Yeah. And they they survived in worse conditions. We only had a week of this. Yeah. It was a week of terrible weather. And I, you know, I guess maybe if I wasn't from the North and I hadn't experienced that weather before, like I might've been a little bit more, um, cautious about it. Maybe I would have been yeah. a little more scared. I grew up in the fucking North, man. Like where it gets cold like this for months. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, well, it, you know, and the thing is, everybody's like, oh, we should be prepared. The electric, the electric grid should have been prepared. It's like, um, that's like telling people in Alaska, they need to have air conditioners just in case it gets to a hundred degrees for three or four days. Right. And it's a, uh, it's a once in a lifetime <laughs> storm. They said, you know? Yeah. And you know, you can't prepare for that and you, it is, it's not good business sense to prepare for that to that extent. We can do two or three days, but we had, you know, 160 hours, at least in Taylor below freezing. That's not, hasn't happened. Yeah. You know, it's just what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, yeah, <laughs> like preparing for hurricanes in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in Central Texas, you know, we know what to do when there's a tornado. Right. But we know what to do when there's a hurricane. Yeah. And know what to do when it's 120 degrees. Yeah. In New York, are you preparing for 120 degrees? No, not a tornado either. Yeah. You know, it's like we don't, our, our buildings here aren't built for uh, earthquakes like they are in California because we don't get them here that much. Yeah, no, we're. On, I think we're on a fault line, aren't we? We are, fault line? but it's been dormant for so long. I'm just waiting for that motherfucker to hit. No, oh, I'm sure it's gonna be fucked up. Yeah. Did you hear about that uh, volcano in Iceland? That yeah, I did. Yeah, that's cool. Did you hear um, the one on the main island in Hawaii is starting to see some activity? Mm, I didn't know that, but I know there was an earthquake off the coast of Japan on yeah. Saturday, and it was like a 7.0 earthquake off the coast mm -hmm. of Japan. So yeah, there's a lot of seismic activity going on. I'm, I'm thinking it's a polar shift. All this shit's polar shift. It's about time for it. I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know, every day I kind of hope that meteor just comes and wipes us all out. <laughs> a nice, fresh reboot. Right. <laughs> we won't be here to see it, but. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I don't know, man. I think everything's just changing. Instead of people 
acclimating to the change. They just, you know, everybody was like, oh, complaining about the change. Complain about the change. I don't know. I'm always changing. I'm always trying to give and make things hard. Cause that way when hard things come, I'm prepared for it. I'm always yeah. doing hard things. Cause I'm already, I'm, you know, I'm always ready for, I'm always ready for the hard things. Cause I'm always doing them. So like when yeah. the things come like the snow and the ice and shit, it was like, ah, it's just, but see what you were doing is something most people won't do. They don't help anybody else because they want to be comfortable in their bubble and complain about their situation instead of realizing everybody else out there is in the same fucking situation. Let's all help each other. Yeah. Well, that yeah, I for sure. I don't know why people do that. You know, I'm curious. I'm curious as to why. Like you just sit in your house and what you wait for somebody to come save you. Like <laughs> I, what I, the fuck? Where'd that mindset come from? It, <laughs> I'm about to go off on a on a soapbox. Um, it comes from parents, you know, you and I were raised in a different generation than the people in the fifties, than the way our parents were raised. And the thing is like people, my generation, they don't want to put in the work or put in the time to be good at what they do. They think they ought to be able to start at the top because everything was given to them. And the thing is, is now they're giving everything to their kids too, even more. So I want you to have it better than I did. That's not making it better for them. It's making life harder for them. You know, you're not allowed to fail when you're a kid. No. First place gets a trophy. The rest of you fuckers just sucked. Yeah. That's just how it is. Right. And, you know, there's a guy out there made to design and pilot the space shuttle. There's also a guy out there made to mop the floors in the building where that guy <laughs> developed the space shuttle program. I'm sorry. We're not all fucking highly intelligent people that can do all of this. There's some people out there that just don't have the mental capacity to do it, and that's just how it is. Right. There's some people that do not have the athletic ability to go out and run a Spartan race, no matter how hard they try. I don't, there's some people that just can't, you know, they're disabled in some way or something like that. They just can't. Well, I think can't is a funny word. I think, I mean, physically you, unable. Look, you like, if you, how much you said you weigh 300 pounds? Me? Could I do it? Yes. You could do it. Do you want to do it? That's the problem. Probably not. So this word can't, is actually a, a word of won't. Yeah. Right. I, oh, I, I'm not but saying I can't. disguised as the word can't. No, I'm not. I'm not I, Even I, disabled people. I've seen videos of disabled people making it through the Spartan races yeah. and shit. If you can fucking walk, you yeah. can make it through. You yeah. can walk that thing and then do the burpees. And if you can't yeah. do the burpees, you could do a variation of the burpees. A yeah. person can do it. It's like, do you want to do it? Yeah. Do you want to test yourself? Because that's yeah. what it is. It's a matter of like the award. I didn't, I want, I want a fucking medal. Yeah. Yeah. You gave me a piece of metal Everybody that I threw in my dresser. It. It's sitting in my dresser right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's not for anything other than testing yourself. It, yeah. The metal was not for you. Finishing was what was for you. Yeah. Getting through it. That's and it. I think that's for, you know, these people that I think they use the word can't is they, they disguise the word won't with the word can't. Yeah. You know, can't is a funny word. Yeah. Um, I can't be a jet fighter pilot. Yeah. My eyes are fucked. I can't yeah. do it. I can't because they won't let me. Yeah. Am I, I capable of doing it? Maybe. Yeah. I can't do a pull up. I could get myself there, but right now I can't. Right now you can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, could you work towards doing a pull up? Yes. yes. But then that falls into the word won't. So. Exactly. Can the, can, I can't do a pull up today, but. You know, it doesn't mean I can't do a pull up a year from now. I bet yeah. if you tried hard, I bet a year from now you could do a pull up. Yeah. You know, 
but it would be the first one ever. Here's what would happen is <laughs> you'd work through it and you'd be, you'd have to lose, you'd have to lose weight. You'd have to build a shitload of muscle in order mm-hmm. to be able to do this pull up. Right. And by the end of it, you would get your one pull up done and you'd be like, fuck yeah. And you turn around and look in the mirror and realize that just trying to accomplish that one pull up, you just shoffed off like 80 to a hundred pounds of weight off yeah. of you. Now you're fucking shredded and jacked and you feel great. You can run again yeah. and all because you were trying to get a fucking pull up. One goal. One goal turns into these other things, and now you're like, "Oh fuck!" Well, look at me. I could, I got this far. Let me do ten pull-ups. Next thing you know, you're racing fucking Spartan races. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be like Richard though. I don't want to have to beat the pussy off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be dodging pussy going to the store. I about died when he fucking said that. <laughs> I did too. I was like, I've heard a lot of excuses and not work out. <laughs> I had to pause it. God and damn! Stop because I'm like, I can't hear anything. I'm laughing too loud. Yeah, those fucking guys <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, those guys are funny. I think you know, it's just a matter of. It's going to be hard. And that's the thing is people get comfortable, you know, and then yeah. you're comfortable in your little comfort box. And, 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 you know, that's the goal of life, right? We try to be, we want to be comfortable. We don't want hard things. We don't want hard things for our yeah. kids. We want our kids to have an easier life. But like, then there's that saying like hard times make hard men, mm-hmm. hard men make soft times, soft times make soft men. I think we're in this paradigm shift where like hard times make hard men. My dad was a hard man. Mine was too. Right. And my dad raised us to have a softer life mm-hmm. but I chose the fucking hard way because mm-hmm. I'm stubborn me too and so then it was hard times make hard men and then again it was hard times make hard men because I put myself through hard times so I made mm-hmm. myself a hard man and I'm looking at my kids and at first I'm thinking to myself like I want my kids to have it easier than I did that's where I almost fucked up mm-hmm. no I want my kids to have it harder than I did I want them to be able to understand the benefit of having a hard life and we're going to work hard. We're going to be successful. We're going to be good with our money, but we still have to have that element of hard. Mm -hmm. So even though we have things in a, we're in a better position than, than most people, we still have to have that level of difficulty. Otherwise we're going to turn soft, right? So to speak. And we get stagnant for sure. So the, the idea with my kids was we're going to work hard, um, and when life gets easy, we're going to have to make it hard because life is hard and it's going to present hard things to you at all mm-hmm. times, you know? And uh, so you have to be prepared for those hard things. And yeah. so if you're, you easy street, you got a lot of money, you got a good job, whatever, you got a nice house, whatever. No, you just got to still be doing hard things mm-hmm. and constantly, sh- you know, uh, whittling away, sharpening the ax, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Um, you can't and, get comfortable and complacent. Right. But you can still have a good life. Mm-hmm. And but you still have to add that element of hard to it in mm-hmm. order to have a balanced life. You know, yes. you can't just have because then when the power goes out, you're like, oh, what to do? Because you didn't have any balance, you didn't have any of that hard shit. You weren't prepared for it because you've been living fucking easy street forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's the lesson I t- try to teach to my kids is like, you got to you got to do this fucking hard stuff, even though your life is easy. This is the goal is to have an easy life, but people forget. You want to do hard things. Mm-hmm. So that way you have that balance. When the hard yeah. stuff comes, which it inevitably will, you'll be ready for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we both put ourselves in hard times financially. You know, I'm sure you live <laughs> oh, in your car just like I have. I've, you know, I've, I've made a face-to-face contact with rock bottom more than once. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and and a lot of these people, you know, they look at rock bottom, you know, everybody's worried about money. and they're rock. You haven't seen rock bottom until you're sitting there going, oh, man. I got 15 cents. That's badass. Yeah. I got 15 cents left. That is cool as shit. No, living in a car and not being able to afford gas in the middle of the winter 
and living in your car because you got to have some place to sleep and living in the car at work so you can try to make it another week to get paid so you might be able to put gas in your car to warm up but that's hard mm. and most people put themselves there they do and it's just a matter of how you get out of it right and that was what i was just gonna say is like you find yourself in those positions and i found myself there more than once and i've pulled myself up you know with hard work i tell my kids all the time like, i never found myself in a situation that hard work didn't get me out of mm-hmm. now granted you have to make good decisions as well with your hard work right yeah you can't still make piss poor decisions and work hard or you're just spinning in cir- god damn excuse me circles um but yeah you have to uh hard work is is the, is the important part of that yeah. you can be rock bottom you can work your way out you know yeah and uh I never found myself in a problem that hard work didn't get me out of. Yeah. I can see that. Several times. Several times, yeah. <laughs> and and as hard-headed men like we are, sometimes you put yourself there and then you look and go, you look back at it and go, why did you make that stupid fucking mistake? More than once. Yeah. Why did you do this more than once? You're an idiot. Yeah, I've you had know? that conversation with myself a couple times. Yeah. That's the thing I ever did for myself was had a conversation with myself from the future. Yeah. And I, I remember being younger and saying, you know, when I turn this age, I'm going to have accomplished these things. And then I, uh, I didn't do those things that I set out to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And so then the older version of myself kind of realized one day that I had this conversation with a younger version of myself and yeah. I was kind of pissed at myself. Yeah. Like you motherfucker, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. And in that moment, I realized that, oh yeah, I'm going to have to reflect back on this time in my life right now at Mm -hmm. some point. Yeah. So one day I'm going to be 50 years old and I'm going to look back to when I was 39. Am I going to be proud of the effort that I was putting in? Yeah. Because I'm going to have to face that person. It's inevitable. I'm going to face the 50 year old me one day. Yeah. And when I face him, I want him to be proud of me. Yeah. I want him to say, no, motherfucker did everything he could, did everything right, busted his ass, yep. made some fuck ups along the way, but recovered well. I want yeah. to, I will have that conversation with myself instead of having the conversation I've already had with myself where it's like, you fucking motherfucker. Yeah. What did you do? When you're competing in 25 Spartan races as a 50 year old, look back and go, that's where it started. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I want, <laughs> you know, I just want the, the 50 year old version of me to be, uh, to be proud of me. Yeah. You know, I wanted to, to be, I want to be able to look back and, and, and think that the things that I'm doing today, I want to be proud of the decisions I'm making today, not re- regret them, yeah. you know, not look back. And, you know, I think having that conversation with my future self is important. I think it's important to do that. I think yeah. I want to be proud of me. I don't want to, I don't want to be fucking 50 and just still have regret. Yeah. You know, that's, it's ugly. That's an ugly thing. I think. Yeah. It's scary actually. I'm, I'm more terrified of myself than I am of anything else. So you're also harder on yourself than you are anything else. I'm harder on myself than I am on anybody else. I try to tell my kids that, and I don't think they believe me. I think they didn't believe me until they saw me one time on the trail. When we did that 20 miles, Yeah. uh, we were on the last lap and I had to dig deep Mm because it was, I was in a lot of pain. I was hurting real bad and we had like maybe a half mile to go. And it, I'm starting to get delirious and I'm and everything fucking hurts. And I start cussing at myself and I'm yelling and shit. And I just want to throw the weight. I'm so, yeah. like, everything hurts so bad, dude. I'm so tired. And my daughters were behind me and I'm, I'm fighting. 
I'm fighting these demons, man. Like yeah. I want to just quit, but I know I only have a half mile to go. Yeah. And to get myself through, I'm yelling at myself and I'm fucking doing like I'm pretty mean to myself, you yeah. Know? And I can usually keep it in my head, but in that moment I couldn't keep it in my head no more. And we get back yeah. to the truck, and my daughters are like, "Dude, you're fucking nuts, man!" Yeah. Like, what were you? I said, "That's how I got myself through it." Mm -hmm. I tell you guys all the time, I'm harder on myself than I'll ever be on you. Mm -hmm. I'm harder on myself than I'll ever be on anybody. And and you got to see me being hard on myself. It got me through it. We yeah. got through that last half mile. I didn't quit. I didn't drop the weight and say, "Here, you guys carry it." Yeah. We fucking got through it because I was a dick to myself. Yeah. And they done, I think in that moment, maybe they understood a little bit about why, why I am hard on myself because I know that I can do it. And when I want to quit, I know I've still got gas in the tank Yeah. and uh, it's forcing yourself to do it. I'll, I'll never do that to my kids. Like f force them. I trick them into figuring that yeah, out for themselves, trick them, but you ain't going to force them. I trick them into figuring it out for themselves, you know? And then, um, and uh and then they then they realize you know like with brie like i said man brie's a fucking savage dude she's out there today rocking by herself because i couldn't go today yeah she went out there and she said she only did one lap because there was too many guys out there she's you know she like weighs like a buck ten soaking yeah. wet you know she's out there doing push-ups with a fucking kettlebell you know people yeah. are probably like what are you doing yeah but mm, she's a good kid you could, all your kids are good kids yeah i think so i think so had a conversation with Todd this morning for an hour and a half. It's always nice. That's cool. And we don't talk every day. Like I'll send him messages or he sends me messages. We, yeah. we keep up and stuff, but to have like these long talks. Yeah. We have them like once a month, once every two months where we'll be on the phone for at least like two hours. Yeah. And we were talking about it today, actually. The, that the he said that he has he's been running an experiment <laughs> where he has this relationship with me that is through mostly messages and pictures and in video calls and stuff like that every every so often to mm -hmm. you know news and stuff like that but we save the long big talks kind of like how you and I were where we yeah. would do them months apart and there's yeah. the quality of the conversations he said with me are always so much greater than the quality of the conversations that he has with the people that he sees every day. Yeah. He says they, he goes, yeah, I see these people every day. I talk to them every day. I check in and he says that the, the quality of the conversations is not as good, but his relationship is probably tighter with those guys because they're right there. You know, yeah. he gets to see them every day, but he loves the conversations with me because the quality of the conversations, but we go, we go into so many different topics and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's like, um, I don't know, man, it's great. I, what a fucking awesome kid. He, uh, since we talked, I think he's graduate. He graduated college. Oh, cool. did you know that? Uh -uh. So he graduated college. He got himself a job at that. Uh, he had an internship at a, uh, I remember that. Yeah. So he got a job there. Cool. They gave him a raise. They've actually got him up into to get moving up into like the GPS. So these, uh, these pivots and different things, you know, for the, uh, for farms, for the water in the farms and shit. They use these pivots. That's cool as hell. And they all have GPS and shit. They have, oh, they have GPS and some of the like combines and all the yeah. new tractors and shit are mostly self-propelled yeah, and they <laughs> run off GPS. So he's working, learning how to work on that stuff. And that's cool. Yeah, man. He's, just, well, he's a fucking sharp kid. Yeah, I don't wonder why he's got my brain, but he's got like his mom's patience and shit. So it's like, well, he definitely needed his mom's patience. Cause yeah. yours don't go very far. He got, he got my brain <laughs> with his mom's patience, but he got my looks, the poor fucker. He's got, he looks just like you. It's so sad. Same bald spot and everything. Yep, same, bald spot. same fucking hair on his back and yep. everything. Poor <laughs> fucking kid. Uh, what, but he's such a cool kid, man. Like, He's he's gonna go far, man. Tell yeah, me, watch that. Watch out, dude. You're gonna and he he's gonna go far without wearing his back and body out doing the shit that we had to do to get a leg up. 
I mean, he's, he's still wearing his do mind that. out. He's wearing a. I mean, he's wore his body out. He's worked on a farm his whole life. Oh yeah, that true. kid will fuck us both up. Have you seen him? <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's, well, not since your wedding, but yeah. He's he's pretty stout, dude. Yeah. Like he's 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 wiry. <laughs> Yeah, he's funny. We thought he broke fucking Luke's arm that night of the wedding. Were you here for that? I don't think so. They were wrestling around on the trampoline, and he fucking put Luke in an arm bar, and Luke didn't was trying to tap, yeah, but couldn't, and oh. his arm was pinned, and he instead of saying, "Hey, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done," he couldn't say nothing, and then oh shit, fucking popped his arm, and they had to take him to the hospital. It was a pretty typical thing at our house, you know. Yeah. Fucking somebody's always getting hurt doing something. <laughs> Most time it's you doing something stupid. Typically. You should ask for help with but refused. Yeah. Yeah, it's doing stupid shit like snowboarding off the roof of your house and stuff. Like, oh god. I was usually doing shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Rode my snowboard down a flight of stairs one time at an apartment complex. Ate shit when I hit the landing at the bottom. Dumb. I've done, yeah. I'm glad my kids ain't doing dumb shit like that. They got some intelligence about them, right? I think maybe. I don't know if it's intelligence or if it's just fear of getting hurt. Yeah. I lack that. I have that fear. I have that fear. I don't like being hurt. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's <laughs> usually just temporary. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when I had the hip surgeries and everything, at one point I couldn't even lift my leg up before the surgery. And that's what I had to have it for. And that kind of pain, I don't want to go through that again. It hurts. When they have to go in and re-pin your hip up where it's supposed to be instead of where it's at, it that was a lot of pain. Yeah. I've never experienced that. I uh, I think I've been lucky with like injuries and stuff. Like I, I hyperextended my right knee when I was younger. Never got it fixed, which is probably why it causes me so many problems today. Yeah. I broke my left collarbone and uh, and then I tore some shit in my left shoulder. So that's, you know, it gives me problems and stuff too. You wear a knee brace when you go out on these trails? Uh, yeah, typically. So I bought these, uh, the Tommy Copper like sleeves and shit. Mm-hmm. And those are fine for if I want to just be rocking like eight miles or something yeah. like that. But anything past eight miles, um, or if I start running a lot, like running, I have to wear a brace. Yeah. And I didn't when I did the Spartan. Mm. I was gonna put it on too, and I was like, Nah, I don't think I need it, man. I should be okay. I haven't been using it, and I wish that I would have had it on. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I usually wear. Uh, I have the compression sleeves, and then I have a another uh, brace. I have two braces. One of them has like the uh, the metal uh, deals on the sides, and mm-hmm. so it supports. It takes a lot of that pressure off my knee, which is yeah. f- fucking amazing after you know like ten, twelve miles on the trail. Yeah. Uh, but the other one is just like kind of compression, you know. And I I swap them out for depending on which knee's hurting the worst. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's whichever one's hurting the worst gets the brace. It the other one gets old, the other it? thing. <laughs> But it's like, I could use that as an, as an excuse. Like, oh, I can't go. My knees are bad. Oh, I can't go. My back is bad. Oh, I yeah. can't go. My arms are hurt. And it's just like, that's the difference between I can't and I won't, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I refuse to let these limitations uh, slow me down. Yeah. And I think that you you, you can overcome them. I, th- I think, you know, I think a lot of times when you're feeling hurt, you're like, oh, I can't keep going. It's just you, the inner bitch in yourself telling you to stop when you still have a lot of gas in the tank. You just don't want to. Yeah. You know, and I think. Uh, it's the whole deal about being comfortable again. 
being comfortable. Yeah. There's a lot of comfort in being uncomfortable. For, yeah. Believe it or not, it seems uh, like that would not work like that. Yeah. But, but there's a lot of, man, geez, there's so much benefit, man, yeah. to, to being uncomfortable. You yeah. Know? You know, it's funny. You were talking about getting emotional after the last after the last uh, challenge when you had 30 feet left to go. Um, you know, I get a little emotional a lot, but the, I had a weird one happen during the snowstorm. So Thursday was the first night I came home. My wife called me middle of the day and said, Hey, Richie came over and shoveled the driveway. So it'll be easier for you to pull your car in tonight. I feel like I'm going to tear up now talking about it. It was so funny though. I said, Oh, that's cool. Let me call him and thank him after I'd gotten home. So I called him and I went to tell him, thank you. And I just broke down crying. Why? What is going on? Why am I crying? Of course, my dad's in the hospital. Yeah. I spent four days away from my family while they're having to shovel snow to make sure they have a way to flush the toilet because we didn't have water for six days. Everything built up through the stress of that whole week, and all of a sudden, it's like somebody did one little thing, shoveling the driveway, and it just broke me. Yeah, my cup was overflowing. Yeah. Emotional cup. Yeah, Yeah. and it's like, oh, there it goes. I'm like, that's fucking weird. You know what's funny? Like when we were kids, at least when I was a kid, my dad was – uh, military so we weren't allowed to cry yeah and um you know i remember being a kid and it's always like if you don't stop crying i'm gonna give you something to cry about you know yep. so then we, we start suppressing that whatever like for me to suppress the tears i had to turn it into anger yeah right and so i became like really fucking angry because like i was really emotional when i was a younger kid and i uh and so i would cry and and then like i would feel like shit about it and then so i suppress it turn it into anger and then even you know as an adult and i've been seeing a counselor for a couple for a little a couple of years i guess and it's like you try to find that again because you're like hey that was a that's a necessary part of regulating emotions is being yeah. able to cry like you're yeah. supposed to be able to do that yeah and for some reason we have it crammed up our asses when we're kids that you're not allowed to cry yeah and as an adult like i think it's weird because like i don't probably look like the kind of guy that cries and i don't cry a lot but i no. found myself being able to allow that emotion to come back and allow yeah. that release and like there's some tv shows that i'll watch now and i'll be like fucking kind of start tearing up a little yeah. bit because it's like it hits me yeah. And I allow that emotion to come in where for so long I blocked it, you know, yeah. I think it's important that we allow ourselves to cry, you know, and it's like, Oh yeah, what a bitch. Fuck yeah. you. I'll fight any one of you motherfuckers. Yeah. Cry. You're supposed to cry. You're, yeah. you're, you're, it's, it's part of your natural, your body's natural, um, emotional regulation. You have to yeah. let that shit out, man. It yeah. makes you feel better. And like, there's a, that stigma that's attached with it. Oh, you're not supposed to cry. Like, well, it's like the anger that, you know, our bonding moment out there at techno center, <laughs> My anger got the best of me, and I started crying. Yeah, because I was pissed. I was pissed at you, but it wasn't you that was the problem. Mm. It was the situation that you had nothing to do with. I knew what was coming. Yeah, it was the situation that pissed me off. Because should it have happened that way early on before you went to work there? No. But should I've been let go? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, I don't know if you should have been let go. Like, here's what I recognize. Like, what from what I remember of you but here's the problem with what i remember was when i moved here i had a big chip on my shoulder mm-hmm. because especially how hard it was for me to find work yeah and i knew that i was good and yeah. so it was like i was my feelings were kind of hurt a little bit about not being able to get work and so then i finally get a job and like i feel like sometimes like if you put me in a in a, in a job with 10 other people i'm in the i'm going to be one of the top two people as yeah. far as being able to get 
learn quickly, adapt to the job, be able to uh, accomplish any of the assignments or tasks that are put in front of me because I adapt well. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I feel like I have all these qualities. So then it was hard for me to find a job when I moved here. I was a bit butthurt because I was like, I'm, I'll go up against your best guy. Like put me up against whoever. I just yeah. want to uh, just give me the fucking chance to prove myself. Nobody wanted to give me a chance. ALC gives me the chance and I show up and I'm trying my best to shine. And I didn't know that our jobs were in competition with one another. No, I had no clue. Me neither. And had I known, I would have maybe encouraged you to step your game up a little bit. Yeah. But there was times when like, and at that point I was already pissed because I should have been hired on long before I even met you. Yeah. And they, well, they, yeah, they kept me as a temp for a while too. It's you longer for sure. But I don't know, man. I was in that moment. It all kind of happened real fast. And I was, I was like, well, I feel like they kept the right person. I do too. And it was like, it's hard to say that. It's hard to look you in your eyes and say that. No, they kept the right person. We were competing for a job and we didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the rats running the race, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but it worked out. And so like, and it did, and we were both better for it and we both got to where we wanted to be. Right. Sometimes that that path doesn't always look how we expect it to look, you know? uh -uh. And I think that falls back in line with doing hard shit all the time. Yeah. I was trying to tell my kids like, you know, when I started doing this rucking and stuff like that, like I didn't expect to one day be doing a Spartan race. Yeah. It wasn't the goal at the beginning. The beginning was let's just go this trail and see if we can run it. Yeah. And then once we ran, it, it's like, oh, well, let's carry some weight. Let's make it harder. Let's yeah. always make it harder. And yeah. then I just kept making it hard. And now it's like, oh, you're going to do Spartan. Now I'm going to try to do a half marathon Spartan race. Like yeah. Stupid shit like that. I never thought that it would come. And I don't even know what's next. What's, yeah. I don't know what's out there. But sometimes you discover along the journey where you want to aim your trajectory to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing is about the ALC thing, I made that hard on myself. Yeah. I brought a lot of that on myself. Yeah, you did. You know, I, I was great installer. I'm not fast and I wasn't fast because of me now trimming out a panel sitting in one spot. Yeah. I'm great at that. I'm fast at it. It's clean. I got too complacent and I've done that before. Well, here's the thing. Why I think you got complacent. You had a room full of techs, Jeremy and all these guys, right? You got a room full of sales guys. You got a PM and all these guys are living easy street. All of them are making good money. And mm-hmm. here, here you and me, we're the rats. Yeah. We're the little workhorses. We're the, we're the nothing. We're the garbage. And you see all these other people who have this thing that you want and you think like, I, well, I should be, I deserve that too. Yeah. I deserve to be able to sit on my ass from time to time like these motherfuckers. Yeah. And um, I think I never, I, I, I would see them and I would, and I don't know, maybe my perception of this is wrong, right? But this is how I felt was like, you saw those guys and were like, I want that. How come I, I'm entitled to that. Yeah. And I always thought to myself, like, I... I, I want that, but I don't want to go out there and tell them I want it. I want them to come offer it to me because they feel like I've deserved yeah. it. So I'm going to grind and push and bust my ass and stay in the shadows and not talk and keep my mouth shut and just work my ass off and yeah. just kind of see what happens. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened. And I did that for almost a year and a half. Yeah. And didn't have anything to show for it. You know, I was still a temp. And it's like, I work, I, you know, I'd been there a month when they handed me my first job to work by myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm, I've never done this shit before, but here we go. I'm doing it by myself. Yeah. And I did several jobs like that. You know, and it's like, I had nothing to show for it except for the measly $14 an hour they were paying me with no benefits, no truck, nothing. It's yeah. like, 
no, I do deserve it. I've worked for it, but you're not giving it to me because you don't like me. And that was a lot of it. Cause he didn't like me and I don't care now, you know, for a while. He it didn't like me. a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't and, just you. And it was it, most people it pissed him off too. You know, you know, I was Maurice's pick, but, uh, the project manager's pick is the one that they took first and he missed three of his first five days. I think that hurt his ass a little bit that, Oh shit, I picked wrong, but Maurice had the right guy picked. Well, Maurice didn't pick me. He didn't, <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't I want did. me. <laughs> he didn't want me. He said, cause I you know, it was in that interview and I hadn't been in Texas long Yeah, and I couldn't even breathe. Couldn't even talk. I sounded like congested and shit. And I tried to apologize in the interview and I said I had allergies and Maurice's <laughs> head popped up. That was it. And that was it. He said he had it made up in his mind that I was a fucking pussy and that he wasn't hiring some guy that has allergies. Oh, and I'll never forget that time he had to call and say, hey, guys, I'm not going to make it in today. And he's all sniffly. You barely can't understand him. I was like, what's wrong? He goes, I don't know. I said, you sick or you got allergies? Pussy. <laughs> he laughed a little bit. He goes whatever it is, I ain't going to be in today. (laughs) (laughs) He's funny. I had lunch with him the other day. He's going back to work this summer. (sighs) Fucking. He's like you glutton for punishment. Glutton for punishment. I think it's, but it's all he knows. It's gotta be boring sitting at the house. That's all I could think. Well, you know, back when I was a lot lazier, Hard to believe I was actually lazier at one time, but <laughs> well, I don't know how lazy you are now, so I can't say whether or not you're lazier. <laughs> but uh, it, it, you know, I got sent. You know, I was home trying to find a job. I was out of work. First two weeks, I was like, "Man, this is great. I like being able to sit at the house." I had to do that for three months. We're starving to death, and it's like after two weeks, I'm I'm putting in fifty applications a day. I'm calling everybody back that you know. Yeah, I couldn't find a job like you were talking about. Yeah, ALC was the first one that came through. Yeah, it was like, God damn it! Finally, I can go to work. But yeah, it's you know, it's fine for a little while. But sitting at home for too long, you're just like, fuck this, man! I want to do something. Yeah, that's why I go work out. My dad is different. He can sit at home all day, every day. He is definitely at retirement age. Yeah, my, my brother's like that. <laughs> Matt, yeah, yeah. Meat Gazer. Oh, Easy Street. <laughs> He's at fucking Easy Street. He'd just sit at home and play video games all day if he could. I go fucking crazy. I need to get out and run. I need to expel some energy. I need to do something physically exerting. I've I found through doing all this that's like the one of the best things I could do for my head. Yeah, you know, it's sometimes navigating this life is difficult. Yeah, and like what's my purpose? Like what am I doing here? You know, and uh a lot of times my no- my head gets noisy like a lot of my thoughts and shit they get it just gets crowded in, yeah. my, in my head and like it seems like working out uh, really brings a good balance to to my head space you know i can work out some of my problems there um and it just kind of helps align align my uh my thoughts like i didn't realize how uh, beneficial w- working out so much would be yeah. and i you know like I, now I can't imagine life without it yeah. because it's, it's been like for, for a solid year. Uh, uh, we started about a year and a half ago, but for the last year I've really been just fucking hitting it hard Yeah, and, uh, just never felt better. Yeah. Never been more confident, never been more. Um, I feel like more of a part of the community than I've ever felt. Yeah. And, um, I feel like a better person and it's all from just putting my body through hell. Because before this, seems, you were just an outcast. <laughs> I've always been, I've, but I, th- I wonder how much of that was 
It was in your head that you related were an to trauma. You know, like I was telling, trying to recount, like when I was a kid, like what what makes me tick, right? I've like I've been thinking about this for a long time and yeah. kind of recounting some of the shit that happened to me when I was a kid. Like I was bullied and shit, picked on, and that turned yeah. me into an angry kid that turned into a fucking punk. And yeah, and me, I was coddled. I, I wasn't coddled. by my mother. I wasn't coddled, and my dad was gone. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was gone a lot, but I wasn't coddled. My dad was a yeah, he was kind of a fucking prick, really. <laughs> until he got older, until I got older. But I understand now why he was a prick. You Same know? with me. You know, his job was difficult, and uh, and I was not easy. Mm-mm. You know, it wasn't easy at all. So I get, I get it, but I mean, I went through some stupid shit, man. And it's like not feeling welcome. Yeah, was the biggest thing. I think that's ultimately the best and worst thing that could have ever happened to me because it kind of got me to where I am today. Like, because I feel like I had to work twice as hard just to be welcome. Yeah. And, um, it's kind of brought me, you know, obviously with my career, it's brought me to, to here, yeah. which is, you know, which is nice, but it's, I think it, for the longest time, like I didn't feel welcome. I think that was the big part of this challenge for me. The biggest takeaway I can take from this challenge was typically I don't feel welcome. I don't feel worthy to even be in the presence of people. And like, I had to come up with like a mantra for myself before I started this thing, because yeah. I wanted to go into battle. I treat it like a battle. Like yeah. in my head, it was a battle. I'm battling myself. I'm not battling anybody else. And so my, my thing is I'm not coming out here to race you motherfuckers. I'm coming out here to race me. Yeah. And I want to feel worthy of being able to be in this challenge with you guys. And I would not allow myself the, uh, the right to be worthy for so long with yeah. even just being in line at the grocery store, I feel like like I'm not even worthy to be in front of these people. Like whatever happened to me when I was younger that made me feel worthless yeah. had just stuck until I kind of recognized like this is a problem. Why do I feel like this? You know, why, yeah. how come like, you know, I don't know, man, I could be in a room. I might be, a lot of times I might be the smartest cat in the room and I don't give myself any of that credit, right? Like I won't even allow myself to have, uh, to be able to have the confidence to even, to even think that I might be even close to the smartest person in the room, right? Yeah. Like, like I was really hard on myself for a long time. So the biggest hurdle for me to overcome with this Spartan race was I want to feel at the beginning of it and at the end of it and throughout all of it, I want to feel like I'm worthy yeah. of being a part of this like that was a big deal to me like i wasn't so much worried about the physical part of it, it was the worthy part yeah and, and like everybody's got their own struggles that they go through in life right like everybody's got their own hurdles like some people were um i don't know you could just name anything that these people whatever keeps people up at night whatever is your insecurity right mm-hmm. my insecurity is not being worthy yeah like i'm not worthy of anybody's time i'm not worthy of anybody's effort i'm not worthy of any of these things and i have to take care of myself and so going into this race my mantra was i am worthy yeah i am worthy i've done harder things and i'm worthy i'm worthy to to test myself in front of these people and i'm, yeah. I'm worthy to, to try this challenge and i know it may seem stupid but to me that was that's where my wirings crossed that's a big that's a big step for you knowing you as long as i have that was a big step to feel worthy i think the feeling of not being worthy is what put the chip on your shoulder when you came to texas what you know that's what drove you was feeling unworthy and you're like i've got something to prove yeah for sure to everybody else 150 percent you're right and now all you've got to prove to is yourself and my kids yeah those are the two things but Me, if you're proving it to yourself your kids notice it well that's hopefully true you know i i want like i said i'm always did you did you tell Bree to go out on the trail did I tell her to go on the trail? Did you 
tell her she should go on the trail at one point? No, I didn't she, tell you how I tricked her into she, it. She made the choice. Oh, no, no. I asked her several times yeah. before then. You asked her, but you a did. bunch of times. Yeah. Hey, Bree, we're going to go out rucking. Do you want to go? She's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can see her saying it. Too. She's like, I'm not doing that. And then when her car broke and then I was like, listen, you come do eight miles with me out on the trail, not six and a half, not seven and three quarters, fucking eight miles. And I'll pay to get your car fixed. And she said, okay. And then when she went, she did like six and a half, but I was like, I was proud of her effort. Yeah. You know, so I gave it to her. But yeah. what got me was the next time I went, she said, I want to go. Uh -huh. Hi, I fucking tricked you, punk. Right? Uh -huh. Like, okay, so this is what all I got to do is I got to find a way to trick him. Yeah. You know, like I tricked Ty. He doesn't realize it. I yeah. tricked the fuck out of Ty. Yeah. Tell him he could not do you. Here's what try, Ty tricked me the other day. He goes, or well, maybe it was my brother. My brother was here uh, as a while ago, and he goes, God damn, man, your arms look like they're getting smaller. Oh. And I was like, fuck you, man. I was like, I've been, I, my arms have never been this big. He's like, I don't think so, man. Like, they look smaller. And fucking, I got a little, I got a little mad. I got a little butthurt for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, and Ty, and I told Ty, I was like, this motherfucker said my arms are looking smaller. Ty goes, they kind of are. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, fuck you guys. I was real mad for a minute, you know? And I told Missy, and I was like, these punk motherfuckers, they said my arms look smaller. She goes, what? What did she say? She goes, what would you say to somebody if you wanted them to work harder? And I started thinking about it, and she looked at me, and she smiles because that's all they're doing. She goes, your arms are getting smaller, you fuck. Just go work harder. <laughs> I was like, oh, I get it. So they're tricking me too, these yep. punk motherfuckers, man. So it's really what it is. Like, you don't want to do it. Trick yourself into doing it. You'll yeah. thank yourself later. Well, it's like, you know, you're talking about me doing a pull-up. It's like, right now, no. Because basically for me to do a pull-up, I'd have to be able to curl 150 pounds with each hand. Take some preparation for yeah. you, man. I'm like, there is no way I could curl 150 pounds with my hands on each hand. Mm. No, I don't have that kind of strength. I've never had upper body strength. I can get it if I want it. Mm. <laughs> Does it matter how bad do you want it? I haven't wanted it bad enough yet. Yeah. I don't ever want to be in that position again. I'm getting there now for one reason. Seeing what my dad's been through. He hasn't took, taken great care of his body. He was a football player in high school. He was a scrawny kid. And then he hasn't, the only time I've seen him taking care of his body wasn't his choices because of what he did for a living. He was working for Cisco Foods delivering groceries. Mm -hmm. Got down to like 184 pounds, solid muscle, you know, because he was humping groceries 14, 16 hours a day, every day. Right. But I see how much he struggled with this virus. And it may have done it whether he was in shape or not. Probably less of a chance. Yeah. But I, I would sitting, think if I, I was had sitting it. here looking at it going, you know, you said something to me when Rob was here. It pissed me off. Um, the first time Rob was on the podcast with us. Because at that time, I told you the truth. Once my kids are grown, what do I care? Then it's their life. That's true to an extent. You don't want to take yourself away from them, though. That's cheating them. That was my point. Do everything you, you owe can. it to them. Do every, I owe it to me. <laughs> You owe it to to you, but you know you more than them. I don't coming, know. You know, coming from the perspective of a kid whose dad died, yeah. whose dad didn't take care of himself. Yeah, right. And I and I just dismissed that. Yeah. Uh, but now looking, going, my dad's sixty six years old. Yes, he's led a full life. He has beat the shit out of his body. He smoked for forty years. Quit smoking when he got pneumonia. Cold turkey. 
that was 10, 12 years ago or more. But he hadn't taken care of himself. Maybe I should be. And, and, and it's starting to hit home now. It's like, okay, now I understand where Cameron was coming from. Yeah. I hadn't seen that before. You know, my dad was always invincible. I know he's not now because he's weak, you know, and he was weak leading up to the illness as well. But now I see what you were saying. And, you know, it's hard to make that realization that I'm cheating myself and my kids. Yeah, cheating everybody. Yeah, it's and selfish. my wife. It's crazy selfish to, if you think about it because, like, the amount of effort that it takes, to the amount of effort that you're going to put in every day is not an investment for you. It's an investment for them. Yeah. You know, so you, you, if you can find... You got to find the motivation. The willpower willpower is what it starts. And once you start to build momentum, it's easier to keep it. Right. So like I, like I was telling you earlier, I work out pretty much six days a week. I have a, I have a schedule Monday, 5am. I got to be at the workout at 5am. We work out for an hour, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday is 6am. We work out for an hour. Tuesdays, I'll usually do a kettlebell workout or something at home or I'll run. Mm-hmm. Thursdays, we do a, a four-mile ruck. Sundays, we do at least an eight-mile ruck. So it's like every fucking day, but it took me... I didn't start with all that. I no. started with a ruck on Sundays. That was it. I remember that. Then we added the ruck on Thursdays. Then we added the workout group. Then we bought the kettlebells. And it's like always... Then the 5,000 push-up February. Yeah. Then we did like... 10 or 11,000 pushups last, last summer uh, over I July. That. So it was like, we keep adding these little layers, one little piece at a time, right. Yeah. To get to that. So it starts off with, for if like, if I was to help you, if you were to say, Hey man, what, what the fuck could I do to get started to build some momentum? It's, it's, it's not starting with a full schedule of shit. Yeah. Start with one day, bro. Yeah. I started one day of something and then add to it. And then eventually I started and found an excuse not to. Exactly. That's what everybody does. You know, you motherfuckers to talk yourself out of this shit. I did. It's, um, you know, like Alvaro was saying, he's like, I've never had a, you know, he's like, I haven't had a hard life and I'm going to die way before you. And it, that kind of la- made me laugh a little bit when he said that and thinking it was so, is that how it works? Like, you know, you, you, uh, you get to a point that you don't want to be at that point anymore. And then you change. But if you don't ever get to that point, like if you're just comfortable enough where you're like, ah, I'm just going to ride this out. Yeah. You know, you'll never, you'll never get to this point. Like you just got to force yourself to do it. It's like, you got to want it bad enough, you yeah. know? And, and that's kind of what that, you just got to want it bad enough. And that's the thing, just like I did when I first started at Johnson controls, you know, no matter what you're doing, you got to want it bad enough to put in that extra effort. I, say, say, I came home every afternoon and I worked on programming so I could learn it. Every weekend, I was working on programming so I could learn it. And then I got to where, okay, give me, I'd go online, find sequence of ops, and try to route program to it. And then go in and show the sequence of ops to my mentor and say, hey, here's the sequence I went on. Here's the program. Look over it over the next couple of weeks. Let me know what you think. And then I got to where I was writing my own sequence of ops. I'm like, hey, would this work if I gave this to somebody? And I wrote the program to it, too, it, because I wanted it. And that's what got me where I was at. I've got to do the same thing with getting in shape. That's the only way I want to do it is to want it as bad as I wanted that career. Yeah. It's like, um, to take it that, to take that, that's kind of what I was hoping would happen with this podcast. Yeah. Was that 
so like I've immersed myself in different things over time, right? Like with music and I want to learn everything there is to know about it. Right. And so yeah. I kind of just tap into all the different sources of knowledge that I can get so far. Um, well, when then I had to shift that over to more towards exercise and I feel like I've made great improvement, great progress. And I'm on a great path of, of being, I'm learning more and more every day about it. Right. But I was hoping with this podcast that I would uh, give you the, that you could take this recording software and that you would kind of, uh, this would become your hobby and you would yeah. be able to immerse yourself into this. Cause I think that that would open so many doors for you. If yeah. you had a great, not a half-assed knowledge where we're still struggling to set up the mics at the beginning yeah. of the episode, but I mean a full, well-rounded, you could teach a class. Yeah on the software. Yeah. That's kind of where I was thinking that if I could trick him into this, this is where he's going to go with it. Yeah. It didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but that well, was because the first couple, once I had it set up, it worked great. Right. But that's not, but yeah. still, that's not the, it wasn't, it was, I didn't get as it far wasn't as I needed working to. great. It was working. Okay. It was working good, but you didn't, you, you kind of caught the, the, the highlights of how to do it, but yeah. didn't work into the intricacies of yeah. how all of these things work. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of where some people will say, oh, I know how to do that. And they'll only know like the highlights. Yeah. But then there's people who really know it and they yeah. understand all the intricacies. And that's where it comes taking after hours and looking at programs. And like, yeah. that's how I learned how to program as well. I would come home. I had the login for a school district. I could log into it. Yeah. I could f fuck with the, uh, with the temperatures in the zone and I could watch the unit. Yeah. Try to adjust to compensate for what I was doing. Right. So, and I learned, that's how I learned how to program. Yeah. And I would watch what the program was doing and I could understand all of that. Yeah. It all made sense. And so that's the, yeah, you can, you can either, uh, you can just, some people will just roll like, I don't know, man. Like if I said, yeah, man, I'm really into fitness. I do, man, I do 50 pushups a day and I do 10 pushups a day or 10 pull-ups a day. Yeah. And I run a half mile every day. God, I'm fucking into fitness. That's one way of looking at it. Yeah. You could say that person might be into, that's, that's one level. Yeah. And then you have other levels of people who are doing like extreme, extreme things. And like, that's just my, my warm up. Yeah. <laughs> that's not even my warm up. My yeah. warm up is, is way more difficult than that. Yeah. And that's just getting started and then you'll keep going. So there's different levels of, um, of expertise or of, of how deep do you want to go into learning yeah. this thing or taking it as far as you can take it, you know, immerse yourself fully into it, you know, kind of like yeah. you did with that program and you're learning when you're learning and writing, you can come up with dream up a sequence and then put it in a program. Yeah. You put in some time to learn that. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of like, I think, I think we should, at least me, I take that approach with anything that I want to learn. Yeah. I want to completely immerse myself. I want to know, like, I'm still studying stars. Yeah. <laughs> how they work and shit. I was wrong. I had a little, try to do a little science segment that one time. I was completely wrong. I, the, <laughs> the way that I visualized general relativity was off. Yeah. And so through learning and watching more videos and stuff like that, I didn't think I had it fully understood, but I could have easily said I had it fully understood just because maybe I understood it better than most people. But yeah. now, now that I've immersed myself a little more into it, ah, oh, I see where I was getting wrong there, you know, and I can, I'm learning more about, about that. And I can kind of visualize it a little bit better and, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and then, and then tomorrow I'm probably going to learn something else that I thought was right. And, and I find out that I was wrong all this time, you know, and all, you know, always trying to immerse myself more into that. I did, however, have to keep, I did have to kind of back off the, the, uh, astro, uh, astrophysics studies and shit, dude, I can, I found myself constantly looking up like to like bad, like yeah. 
constantly looking up and just getting lost in the sky at night. You know, yeah. it's like when you can see it from the world, from this, I don't know, man, when you can visualize how it all kind of, kind of fits together and how it's all kind of working yeah. and how everything's kind of moving. Um, you get fucking, it does things to your head, yeah. you know, like, cause you kind of see the world in a different, a different view. And I had to kind of back myself. Yeah. Out cause then you'll it sit was, there and look at it and go, none of this matters. It was fucking me up. Yeah. Cause that's kind <laughs> of where it was going was like, yeah, inevitably we're all just going to die. And this time that we're living in is really nothing. Kind of like where I was at when you were talking about the, early on when I was talking about what, when Rob was on, like I was at that point, doesn't matter. I want to die anyway. Uh, well, I know mean, it's probably, I mean, yes. I mean, ultimately the words are the same, but I think maybe I was looking at the universe a little differently than you it, were looking at your health. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm just saying it, they, they kind of go hand in hand on, you know, you, you get comfortable and then when you realize you're not comfortable anymore, you don't like it. Except unless you're me or and you accept when it. you get comfortable, you're like, wait a minute, this is wrong. <laughs> this is, this doesn't feel right. Why are we comfortable? No, no, no. Go run some more. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, you think you had everything figured out and you were totally wrong on some things. I was that way. That's the reason I took the job at Siemens because I went into interview having no intentions on switching companies, but I sat down with that, guy that interviewed me and he's like, or that would become my boss at the time. And he goes, okay, explain to me how, uh, economization works. And I told him, he goes, well, yeah, that's poor man's economization. That's cheap. That's a cheap way to economize. Right. He goes, it, it, you know, you need to look at total enthalpy of everything going on. I'm like, huh? <laughs> it's like, I thought I had this shit figured the fuck out. Right. I didn't. So I'm like, I'm coming to work over here so I can get more of it figured out. Yeah. And then they worked me way more than I wanted, was willing to work because I wasn't seeing my wife or kids. I didn't see them for probably three months. Yeah. So like, that's not acceptable. Maybe. <laughs> if I don't see my wife and kids for three months, other than see my wife leave for work and say bye, that's not acceptable for me. If it's a, like, I think that's maybe one way to look at it. Or the other way to look at it is it's an, I'm going to invest some time now away from my family mm -hmm. and take the time that I have with them. It'll be more special for the greater purpose down the road. Yeah. Right. So the investment in time now, yeah, it sucks right now. But with this sacrifice that I'm making today, uh, where I'm going to come out on the other side is hopefully if you made the right investment, uh, is going to be, is going to be better. You're going yeah. to come out a, a better out of that regardless now you're still going to have plenty of time with your wife and your kids so this is a, this was my mindset of course yeah. and it's no i'm not saying everybody has to think of it like i do a lot of people are like you and yourself look i was working too much for three months to me three months is a fucking flash i could go without seeing my wife for three months no problem yeah. and, and, no like i love my wife very much she's my best friend you know what i mean like that's yeah. not but if it was for if if i had the opportunity and i had to give up let's say a year yeah i had to leave my wife for a year for a good opportunity that was going to ex expand my career or bring on something bigger. Yeah. But I have to sacrifice a year of my relationship with my wife and kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. We have FaceTime. We'll yeah. Talk to her. We have a, or a video call. I don't have FaceTime. I don't have a fucking iPhone. I have <laughs> Samsung phones. We have a video call. I have a video call. I can talk to her. Like it's going, this short investment 
Yeah. I'm going to come out better on the other side and I'll get to potentially spend more time with her because like, that's what I did. I worked all these years. Yeah. And now every day, not every day, but half the week I'm home by one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon. I spend the afternoon with my wife. Yeah. And it was like, I spent all those years away from her and now I'm, now I spend more time with her than I've ever spent with her. Yeah. And at a better time because my kids are all older now. So now I spend more time with them Yeah. when they actually appreciate the time that I'm spending with them and we're doing things together and stuff yeah. like that. So one perspective of it is look, I didn't have that for three months, but on the back end of it, did how much did you gain? Uh, yeah. if you're thinking of it like I am, of course, and which is, I'm always thinking of like at the end of this thing, I want to be as far as I could have gone. Yeah. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to get to the end and go, fuck, I could have done better. Why didn't I do better? Yeah. So I'm always looking at the, the three month opportunity or a six month or a year opportunity. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a big sacrifice, but on the back end of it, I'm going to come out better than what I started. It's going to be worth it. You know yeah. what I mean? And if it's not, obviously you have to have the right judgment to whether, yeah. whether or not it's fucking worth it or not. But yeah. The, the couple of things that I got out of that one was I had the project. I didn't have to, I chose to, cause I'm running the job. I chose to do most of the project management myself too, even though I had a great project manager. He's like, I don't have to do anything. You call me and you tell me what's going on. That's it. He goes, I haven't attended a meeting since we started this job. You know, it's like, yeah, cause it's my job. Leave it alone. I'll handle it. If there's something I need you for, I'll call you. But the other thing I got out of it was, the construction side of the controls business is not where I want to be. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it. At first I enjoyed it because it's like, Oh, this is something new, but ultimately it wasn't fun for me. Right. Not as much as service going into, you know, a new place every day going, Oh, you got this fucked up. Let me figure it out. I love that. Right. I did not like the construction side of it. I don't like the construction side of it either. Unfortunately, that's <laughs> where I make my money. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I can do other things. And I went back to Johnson and did other things. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I've always been doing it backwards in that. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily enjoy what I'm doing now, but it's a great opportunity and it's two miles from the house. Yeah. Well, it's your safe box. <laughs> well it's it's more financially and you know I, there's a lot of security job security where I'm at or there was kind of questioning that now with everything that happened with the freeze but yeah. <laughs> and you know yeah I get I put myself in a safe box because at least financially, I want to be kind of safe. Right. That's where you and me are very different. Me and most people probably. I'm yeah. a risk taker. I don't yeah. want to be in that safe little box. It's fucking boring in there. <laughs> I would rather take chances and fail and and, and have to start over because I know I'm, I work hard enough that if I had to start over again, I could fucking do it. Yeah. I'm not scared of having to lose everything and start over. I'm not scared of it at all. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm willing to take chances because I know that when the times get tough, the tough get going. Right. Yeah. I'm not scared of that. Like my mom is very much like you where, um, she, well, first of all, she didn't like, she doesn't like the risks that I take. <laughs> uh, she never has. Um, but she also doesn't take risks herself. You know, she lives yeah. in a, she lives in a safe box, you know, yeah. and it's like, that is one way to do it, man. For sure. It's one way to do it, but that's just not the way for me. You know? Yeah. And, uh, I think that there's more reward. Yeah. There's more risk. Yeah. You might lose. Fuck it. I've fallen before, bitch. I'll get up, you know? <laughs> and some people are scared to fall. 
I'm not yeah. saying you're scared to fall, but I think my mom's scared to fall. Yeah. She's terrified to fall. And yeah. it's like, she's always been terrified to fall. And it's like, that's one way to live, man. Yeah. It just seems very not fulfilling for me. Yeah. You know, that doesn't, I, I don't know, man. At the end of it, I like I said, I want to feel like I did the best I could. And if I stayed in my safe box at the end of it, like, oh yeah, you were safe. But did you do everything you could have done? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. You probably missed out on a lot of shit. And, uh, but yeah, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Right. That's what I said. The phrase is there. And, it, you know, we have the ability to do, to do whatever we want. And, you know, it's like, I, I get the whole job security thing, man. It's just never been for me. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm also, I, you know, obviously I want job security cause I own my fucking company. So I don't, yeah. you know, you definitely want, want the, job security where you're at, but there's nothing secure. There's nothing that guarantees that I'm going to have, you know, the, um, one day they might just decide, Hey, you know what? We don't like working with you anymore. I have to, I have to complete every job and I have to do really good. So that way they want me to keep coming back. Right. Yeah. My job security rely is, um, is, uh, my job security is dependent on my work ethic. Yeah. Is what I, yeah, I'm still trying to say. And and the people on my team. Yeah. And in order for my team to succeed, I have to be in there and I have to be involved in everything, right? And I have to make this thing work. I create my own job security through my hard work. Yeah. I don't have to rely on, you know, somebody else. But again, I have a different outlook on yeah. these type of things than than most people, you know? Yeah. Most people are scared to work as hard as I have. Yeah. And um and then you know, yeah, do you just enjoy your box. Yeah. I'm sure it's warm in there. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't trade places with you. Yeah. And, uh, and I wouldn't trade places with you. Probably. I don't know. You'd have to try to hard to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> it's not there's easy. A, there's a reason why when you were looking for people, I didn't apply. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, the only thing I could have possibly done for you and I couldn't do it as good as a guy you got now is the project management. Because he is that much good. He is that good. He's he's pretty good. Uh, working on the estimating part is hard. That's I love that shit. That's the part <laughs> that I'm struggling with is the estimating because it's like now that I have him and now that things are rolling, dude, we're doing like 30 fucking bids a week. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to do them. So I'm doing 30 bids a week in addition to working in the field all day. Yeah. And some of these jobs are, dude, I've got some files that are, I got, they just sent me the files for the new high rise that's going in downtown. Yeah. 74 floors, the tallest building in Austin. Yeah. I got the controls documents in my fucking computer. I'm supposed to bid that job. Oh, shit. I, and I might, we might get it. I, we, I don't know. We might get it, you know, like shit, that would be cool, but it's going to take me a fucking solid week to go over all those drawings and get, yeah. dice it all up. And, and then I'll have to have a guy dedicated to running that job you know like that's a big that's a big deal and like so i still have to work all fucking day long and then come home and look at shit like that yeah it gets uh frustrating so i wish i had an estimator i wish i had somebody that knew like what you know if you could look at the drawings and figure out whether or not this unit's gonna have to be in pipe or if it's above a ceiling or you yeah. know to be able to differentiate those things is, it was something i wish i had on my team and i don't have it yeah and uh and it's it's yeah we're at a stage where i'm having to work so much just to just to keep it going but i think after i get everybody trained up really well it's going to ease up on me a little yeah. bit and then i'll i'll get to go find something else hard to go do yeah maybe the estimating is the hard thing you got to do that it well it is and then and then what just sit, i'll be the one sitting at home all day doing estimation yeah. i'll estimate till noon and then i go fuck off and go do something yeah. else that would be cool you know it's almost about where you're at now it's of close. what you need to do. It's close. If I could find one more journeyman level guy that was good, <laughs> yeah, I would hire him, and then I would have two good journeyman level guys out in the field, two apprentices, my project manager, and then I'm the estimator slash quality control guy. That yeah. would be fucking dope. Yeah. 
but I hate bidding jobs, man. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'd rather be in the field. Like essentially that's the dream, right? Is to be the estimator and sit at home. Yeah. Not nah, you. I'd you rather like just working in the field. Get me an estimator, keep my project manager. We'll hire another fucking journeyman level guy. And then we'll have Alec, of course, our two apprentices. And then just give me the small jobs that I can go fucking do. And I'll yeah. just be in the field. Leave me alone. Yeah. Driving down to driving down to the coast for, for $5,000 to go to put in one unit and come back <laughs> that job done jobs like that. A few. What got you there? Yeah. What yeah. made you decide to do this? Well, they pop up, you know, yeah. I remember, uh, this one time, like some jobs you lose your ass on. Oh yeah. And some jobs you like, it's like you're there for fucking days and then you, you know, you look at the end of it and you're like, God damn, I fucking paid them to put this thing in. Yep. And then some jobs you get, like we did this one job. I made like eight grand in one day. It took like, it was a 10 hour day. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I'd like to have one of those every week. I wouldn't even have to hire nobody. Yeah. Just, just do these once a week. But those jobs are so fucking so rare, you know, they don't come up, but it's, uh, I wish, I wish they were more plentiful. You know, that would be, that would make things dope. Then I wouldn't have to have nearly as much stress. Yeah. Yeah. Can't count on that shit. It doesn't happen every day. No, it doesn't happen every year. <laughs> it doesn't even happen every year. You know, it'd be fucking cool if it did. Uh, man, but win some, you lose some, man. It's just how it goes. Anyway, well, this has been a great one. I've I think so. This. It's been too long, man. It has, and, and we're going to keep doing it. Oh, we're going to call this uh, episode one of season two. Uh-huh, there you go. <laughs> season two. Oh, <We> fucking... <laughs> uh, yeah. The same team that brought you season one. Yeah. Yeah. We still suck just as much. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I, yeah. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this. It's been a good experience. Yeah. The, I'm taking this with me. Doing a podcast. I'm taking my mic with me when I leave here. Cool. Since I've got, you know, another one. So I can set it at the house and really learn how to do this right. There so I can be set up when I come back. You have <laughs> another one what? Another I, I have I have another mic at home. Not one like this, but a different mic. Do you have another roadcaster? I bought something like it. No shit. Yeah. Because I was doing I was gonna be doing that thing with Scotty, the Austin Rock thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know whatever happened to that. Never heard anything other than he had a couple of spots worked out for it and then when I never heard anything else about it. Man, I'm telling you, if you learned this shit, like yeah. it's not like I don't know, man, it's 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 the I don't know how much spare kind of like time Anna you have does. In your hands. Kind of like Anna does for for the who's on call. She's now their producer. You know, it's that kind of shit. Yeah. And I need to get there. We need to get a camera set up right there. We do. Get us a camera and then uh, and do live. I think it'd be cool to do do a live. Yeah. People can watch you take drinks out of the fucking Jack Daniels bottle. Don't even get a <laughs> shot glass. Just starts drinking it like it's Gatorade. <laughs> guy <laughs> anyway this has been life now podcast and it still is it hasn't just been it it is it. <laughs> yeah it's and, been, uh, uh, we're rusty so so the next time you hear us cameron will probably have, have run 75 miles in one day so um <laughs> hopefully it'll be in the next week or two we'll have another episode i think next week. if we if we shot to to get together like we were trying to do it Every, every week. week. If we do it every other week. Every other week would be cool. Yeah. Maybe uh, Saturdays would be better maybe because okay. I got, like I ruck on Sundays. Yeah, we can do Saturdays. And I, uh, I'm i usually home by noon, but I'm with since we started adding in all that other shit, it, it's like, <laughs> you know, doing a Spartan race every fucking weekend. Yeah. Legit. I mean, I didn't, you know, I really had no idea how many parallels there were. Like what I said, when I started laughing, thinking there's so much fucking harder carrying a weight. Yeah. You guys have no idea how easy this is. Yeah. I was, uh, I really wanted to step my game up more. I, I really do want to step my game up more. So I'm going to be hitting it even harder on Sundays. Yeah, stuff, we can do so. Saturdays. Might have to do Saturdays. So, 
yeah we'll be back in the next week or two with another episode yeah. of life now podcast um when while we're not here and you know go over and listen to our friends too over at who's on call they're pretty badass oh yeah i love those guys fuck yeah <laughs> dude it was a blast at one of them man. i hope they can get you in over there <laughs> I, i'd love go to. over there and make fun of the fucking painting and oh i know it's terrible his room. i have to want to go over there and just volunteer to fix it for him but part of me wants to do that part of me doesn't have time <laughs> and part of me wants to leave it there so everybody that comes in that knows how to paint laughs at him <laughs> i fucking love that guy he's hilarious all right peace out guys until next time live your best life <laughs>